Oh. Hey. We're here. We're doing it again for some reason. Oh. Did you know the national nightmare is now over? The national nightmare yes. is now over. It is, as a matter of fact. It is. I don't know if you saw, but the, the, no. Ho- the Hooters employees who complained about the new insanely skimpy uniforms now have a choice to wear the older <laughs> ones per a company rep. They've come out and said, sorry, ladies, you can now go back to the uh, old one if you don't like it. So now we can all sleep. We now, wait a home. second. Wait a second. I can get home early and get to bed. What do I have in my mind? The old ones or the new ones? So what, I, I'm picturing the T-shirt and the orange shorts. Yeah, that, that's... No. Those are the ones that the women said weren't skimpy. Oh, I see. Uh, so a new, new model ones. came out, yes. Oh. A new iteration. And it that was, had been very very controversial or it what? It was essentially just like a thong. I mean, it was oh, like, Jesus. forget about it. Like, I mean, these women are going on TikTok and they're all over oh, saying, well, I'm not wearing this. Come oh, on, just, boy. just put us in our bathing suits then if that's really what you want. So a rep has come out and said anyone can wear whatever they want, whatever style of shorts best fits their body style and okay. personal image. So now you can sleep easy. I can sleep well, easy or they can sleep easy. I know easy. you were worried about it as well, so now we can sleep easy. I can't sleep easy because of what I watched. <laughs> yeah? I can't sleep easy because now you have to say you're complaining, you're fetching, you're, oh. you're sounding like producer Steve. You don't want it to go to overtime. You've got the eyes roll. And you could be all, <laughs> That's all my beca- favorite gift, by all, the way. <laughs> all, all because, all because you got this new job that gets you up in the mornings, but... I'm sitting here saying, I mean, I think I even said it to Brett. There's just no way that dude goes to bed early. What, I don't. Is, he, what is he complaining about? Yeah, you're, you're correct. I don't go to bed of early. Of course you don't go to bed early. So what are you complaining about an overtime game for? Well, I can't go to bed it was that eight, late. It was 8.30 at night. That vodka ain't going to drink itself. we got things to do at home, all right? <laughs> Let's on, go. Come on. I got the season premiere of we're succession. Recording, we're recording this on Sunday night at 9.40. Oh, You'll be out of here oh, at 10.30. You will not. You will not go to sleep one minute later as a result of this than you would have had had there there not been overtime yeah you're probably right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what are you complaining about i just i think maybe i just didn't want to talk about the seahawks for an hour maybe that was my problem oh i see maybe that played into it uh, and i want to watch succession it's back i love that show so why can't you watch it tomorrow on demand or the next day on demand or the following day on demand tomorrow's no good i'll read about it overtime of course right on a a night game i figured i figured (laughs) I figured this was going to be a very easy evening. They're going to get blown out. Yep. I'm not going to stress out over this. Did you think it's, that before the game, or are you talking about like in halftime? No, 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 no. I thought before the game that they were going to play him tough. Oh, okay. I thought they might even win before the game. But then I watched the first half un- uh, unfold, and I was like, yeah. okay, they've got no chance. Yeah. Like, if you had given me a chance to bet even money on either way, the Steelers versus the Seahawks at halftime. Yeah. I would have literally bet my entire whatever I this this ping pong table. Yeah. goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything I got in the bank, every investment yeah. I have, I would have bet everything. If you would have given me the opportunity to yep. bet on the on the Steelers at halftime, yeah. even money. Of course, they're up fourteen nothing. Like. There was zero chance that the Seahawks could make a game of this in my mind at halftime. Yeah, imagine no make, chance making that bet and sweating your ass off. In the oh fourth quarter and overtime. Losing everything. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, Absolutely yeah. everything. Anyway, this is episode 163. You probably shouldn't start right here in the T section with the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming up on episode uh, 163, the best tweet of all time. Oh, wow. I have identified, if you're a sports fan, the Ooh. greatest tweet that's ever been delivered to your phone. What did I say? I'm gonna, Go I, on. No, it wasn't you. I'm going to ID it for you. But you're going to have to wait to the other stuff segment. The best tweet. That's really saying something. What I consider the best tweet I've ever read. Wow. Considering the circumstances, the humor involved, the facts of the situation, just an unbelievable tweet. 
Unbelievable tweet. I think the best tweet of all time. Well, that's saying something. Well, I, I, I've now created a bar that I, I, it's impossible to deliver. What I should have said is I'm going to read to you the worst tweet of all time, <laughs> right. and then you would have loved it. Okay. You know the drill. Please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and review. Uh, press the play button on all the previous shows that you haven't heard. That helps us. Yep. And the numbers. Become a patron at MitchUnfiltered.com for all the extra content all week long. $5 a month that costs you, but I've always said if you're not in a financial position to be spending $5 on a podcast, I'll be happy to take care of it. Just send me a note at Mitch on MitchUnfiltered.com. Uh, I have had several people that have taken me up on that. So don't think like if you send me a note, you'll be the only one. There's been a lot of people, a handful I got to still get back to okay. that have taken me up on that offer. So if there's, a, if, if there's a problem in your world financially and you really want to hear the extra content, just send me a note. No questions asked. Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com and I'll take care of the five bucks. Um, we want you to give us a rating and review if you don't mind after that one star that we got. Oh. A couple of people rallied couple people rallied to our defense <laughs> yeah. okay good k mccoskery wrote on apple itunes on october the 7th can't miss podcast i'm not one to give online reviews but if someone is going to give a one-star review over one segment i better do my part to balance that out he or she writes it's a great podcast and mitch hasn't missed a beat from his old radio days except he might be a bit nicer now to his producers <laughs> worth every penny to be a patron so that was nice five stars it is very nice and it, it I, I laugh that it's never just a straight compliment <laughs> i mean it just can't and maybe that's just the nature throw, of it because that's my nature yeah maybe that's it i think yeah. people are just you know right I Never. can't give anybody a straight. I got to throw in a jab here yeah, and there, yeah. right? Yeah, just maybe to keep that's them honest. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could have so. just been, I love the show. He sounds great. Yeah. But he yeah. was an asshole to his producers yeah. in the past. Asked <laughs> to point that out. That's all right. We'll take the five stars. That's though. all right. Uh, anyway, I'm still an asshole to my producer. A anyway, <laughs> uh, before we get to 163, is there anything in your world that you wanted to describe or explain or con converse about? Anything going on? Besides your new job, your new gig? I feel like you're setting me up for something here. No, you're... no, no. I just want to make sure that we get these things out oh. of the way before we go to the Seahawks and the sports and the crack and, yeah, yeah. and all the other stuff that I've got. We're going to go to the Huskies show. at some point? Yeah, we got the Huskies. Oh, we are. Okay. Yeah, we'll do the Huskies at some I, point. I spent 11 hours with softball on Saturday. Yeah. That was awesome. So I didn't see any of the Husky game. I, no. By, by the time I got Why home. Why 11 hours? Well, first of all, it's an hour from my house. we got to be there at 9.15. Yeah. That means you leave at 8.15. Okay, so yeah. 8.15 in the driveway out and then she plays a game at 12 30 a game at like 10 15 yeah we go have lunch another yep. game at 3 30 but yeah oh but that game before it ran a little late yeah so now we're at four uh and then it's 5 30 by the time the game's oh I, but then her friend that. needs yeah, a ride I know home. that life but her yeah. friend needs a ride home yeah so we'll go ahead and make a little detour up the hill and yeah. then oh well, we're out of gas and i gotta go get gas i mean it's 11 I know that life yeah it's 11 hours for two games it was at least a whole family or was it just you and her it was the whole family whole family yes. for 11 hours yeah but then we got a dog and we got to have a yeah, neighbor come it's yeah. like oh my god you 11 find, hours you find a restaurant or two in between games oh yeah exactly do you go with the rest of the team everybody hangs out or? no we no. don't do that we went with another family yeah. but but yeah we had, we had basketball tournaments as well okay but not 11 hours oh. you know five hours here four yeah. hours there oh Big we were in Auburn. where were you Everett. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that Filled, an hour away? Nah. Yeah, 48 minutes or something. But At the, you know. at the, the fields that I know of? Phil Johnson Fields? Yeah, 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 yeah. With all the fields there? Yes. Yeah, it takes <laughs> us a half hour to get there from right. here. It'd be great if I lived in Bellevue. <laughs> I live by Snoqualmie <laughs> Falls. You know where that is? Yes, I okay. do. A little further than I Bellevue. I enjoy the falls. Last time you checked? I enjoy the... Well, yeah. our world, besides basketball in Auburn, our world is... 
Did you ask your daughter what hoko means? I did, as a matter of fact. Did she know what it means? She, she, she had heard it, but she doesn't think that people call it that, at least in her world. But she has heard it. But again, she's 12. So she's not yeah. going to Issaquah yeah. High School. Yeah. So she can't really speak to it, but she has heard of it. She, she told me she thinks it's kind of a new, a new like, past couple years just, thing. Just, just trust me on this. <laughs> yeah. Every, every high schooler right now, no matter the high school, oh, boy. is calling it Hoko. So They're you, not calling it homecoming. So you and I have no shot of changing this back. No, we're not, we're not, it's, it's a well, losing that, battle. No, the, that, that boat has sailed or whatever. The, <laughs> the ship has sailed. The ship has sailed. <laughs> yes, okay. Yes. But my world is Hoko all the time now it is and it's very complicated the, the mom is in dc so it's just me and brett we got the other son is at the university of washington yeah. so it is the two of us and next weekend this coming weekend is hoko so it's <laughs> it's very complicated suits oh right we need a tie to match our dates red dress oh sure i've been there but mom from the dc area says don't get a red tie because it'll make you look like a waiter <laughs> but he wants to match her dress right we got to get the right sneakers with uh, the suit that's a thing now the sneakers that all the guys yeah. are wearing they're wearing air forces oh sure Jordan but they might be wearing or... black and i don't really want to <laughs> wear black i think i need white oh god we got party buses that we got to take care of we've got a dinner at Maggiano's, oh, but nice. we're going to pre-order. Everybody's got to order three days in advance. <laughs> Everybody's got to know three days in advance what they want for dinner. Oh, okay. In three days. No, not three days. A week in advance, oh. you got to know what you're going to want for dinner. Well, I say pasta now. Maybe I don't want pasta in a week. How would I know? And then we got to have the conversation of what should I eat? Well, I, I don't want to get stains all over my soup. Oh, right. Red Sh sauce, yeah. Do I pay for my date's dinner? Do I not pay for my date's dinner because we're going in a group? Oh, okay. Should I pay for her share of the bus, the oh, party bus? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's just, it's very <laughs> multi-layered. Yeah. I don't remember any of this when I probably wasn't going to well, homecoming. I was going to say, there may be a reason you don't remember any of that. But So he's going suit and not, not tuxedo. Homecoming's not... Because I always did tuxedos, I thought. You did tuxedos. Yeah, this is a suit. Well, this is a long story, but no, they're wearing suits. I tried to convince him that a sport coat and a pair of slacks and a nice shirt and tie yeah. would do. He was having none of it. Oh. He wants a suit. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they're going have, in suits. You go buy it or you have rent, you're not going to rent it? Are, are, are you, you don't rent a suit. No, you well, rent your tuxedo. You can, but I'm just... I can you rent a suit? Of course I don't know. you can. You can rent anything you want. I went and I bought a suit. It's just a long story. And the girl whispered in my ear that sold me the suit... Hide the tags and bring it back after he's finished with it. Really? Yeah. Don't tell anybody I said that. I don't want to tell you where, wow. where that was. That's, that's diabolical. <laughs> I mean, the fact that she's telling you that. Clearly, yeah. she's not on commission, I'm H guessing. Hide the tags and just bring it back. He's never going to wear it again. Yeah, something will come up. He might need it again. Although he is growing, so maybe not. So <laughs> the truth is, he actually... It's actually technically a, a sweet. He actually technically agreed to the sport coat and slacks idea, but it looks like a suit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know the the big difference between. Yeah, we had to order. Then, then you know, then he we couldn't find a shirt his size because he's too big for youth and he's too small for adults. So oh, he's, he's like in, in that the, dead he's area, in, the in between areas, <laughs> yeah. in no man's oh, land. <laughs> so then I gotta I gotta find shirts on Amazon, a tie that oh. he likes, but that his mom approves of as well. Plus, we're doing the pre. The pregame here. There's, oh, you are? Hot shot. Like parents are coming over to take pictures. Hoko has taken over my life. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, that's where we are. Homecoming. So uh, it's kind of impressive that, you're, that your wife said it's okay for you to go handle the suit part. Because I don't know if my wife would want me handling any of that stuff. 
My wife is in D.C. Yeah, I guess you're stuck. Yeah, what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and believe you me, you know, you, you take, you're a guy. You take care of this. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's different. Yeah. She wouldn't want me to, get, to go get the with dress. Max. Or... I went through it with Max. Okay, that's How true. am I going to pay? Am I using a credit card? Am I using cash? You know, the whole, oh. there are a lot of questions. I get the feeling there's more questions for boys than there are for girls. Well, I think it depends on who asks who. Yeah. Since, uh, did I? Well, so you said it's a group thing. It's like a but, bunch of guys, a bunch of girls. Some guys and girls are paired up. He is. Okay. Some guys and girls are not paired up because they don't want to be paired up with the other person. That's confusing so it's, already. So it's it's a, it's, a, it's just a mishmash. So did it's he, a mishmash. Did, so he asked. I assume he asked the girl. If she will go to homecoming? I don't know that he actually asked her. I think it was all kind of preordained. I don't know. I just assume they, I don't they text it now. Hey, you want to go to homecoming? <laughs> Send. I mean, we had to actually talk to people back in the day. And ask, but the reason I ask is because yeah. if he actually asked her, well, then I think you have to kind of take on the responsibility of paying for dinner and that kind of thing, right? Well, there's no question that he, I mean, the first thing I said to him, oh, oh there's no question. If you have a date, you're paying for her dinner. Yeah. Now, the question of the party bus, they're right. chopping it up into 15 Equal parts or sixteen people, and oh. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. So know. how does a kid pay? I don't. We just I don't cash. know. I, I, the, the old story that people loved back in the radio days. I did this with Max many years ago, okay. and Max, I gave money and a prepaid credit card. Okay. And the the old story, and this is a true story, is he went, he paid for her and himself. He came back. He went to sleep. I found his. His pants in the in the uh, in the in the hamper yeah. with belts and all kinds of things and stuff in his pockets and I pulled out more money than he went with. Come on, yeah, Why? it was actually a great business a business model for me. Better than the podcast. Okay, much of it. sending him to home. Somehow he went and came back with more money than he started with. Wow, good for him. Yeah, profitable <laughs> profitable evening for the leaves. <laughs> nice. I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> I like how he, the kids he just threw his pants in with the belt and the oh. cats. They don't give a crap about yeah. anything, do they? I they think don't, the shoes were even yeah, in there. <laughs> they don't pay for anything. Why do they care about anything? They care, right? They no, don't care no, at all. No. No. Especially boys. No, yeah, I, I, I yeah. can't speak oh. to that, but I, I know how oh. I was. Just like forget yeah. it. So, so you and I should make go, it stop. Is what I have to ask you make I, it stop i think you and i should go to maggiano's and see if we can be the waiters that night and really scare the hell out of brett when he sees you and i coming out holding the meatballs well, it's, in our a, heads. it's a real dilemma for him because we're we're hosting the pregame the pre-party or whatever it is. and by the way there's not even a homecoming event there's no hoko it's hoko without hoko Oh, there's no school sanctioned no, dance. No, because of the COVID oh, thing. They don't, there's even, it's not only Hoko, but it's Hoko. There's nothing to go to. They're, they're, they're going to dinner yeah. and in a party bus, and I don't know. Then what? I don't know. They're not 18, so what, you can't get a hotel or anything. Like, no, I don't, I don't know. But I just love that you're hosting people. This is, I hosted it for Max. I got to host it for Brett. <laughs> you're going to be under the desk the whole night, aren't you? I'm, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> I am getting oh, the hell I can't out of wait here. to see that. It's going to be awesome. And then you got to have the families over so they can take pictures. Oh, sure. That's you know. what you do at the oh. pregame, of course. Oh. Yeah, it's gonna, you're going to love it. Make it stuff. Lots of awesome small Please talk with make, people oh, you don't know. Yeah. It's never going to end. Yeah. So, what do you do for a living? That's right. <laughs> uh, episode 163. Let me tell you who the guests are Seahawks Note Table, Brady from Pittsburgh, Joe from Vegas, New Heisel missed again. He did. He missed again. He picked a 13 point favorite, told me to go bet on it. I bet on it. And the 13-point favorite not only didn't cover by 13th, they lost the game straight up. So he has lost every I, – I have lost yeah, every right. single game that he has given me this year. 0 for 6. So he's back. So I can hear everybody going, why don't you just bet the opposite? 
you'll do that. That's and exactly. He'll hit. That's when he'll start hitting. That's exactly. So right. now I you feel I, I'm obliged. Yeah. I'm committed. I have to keep yeah. doing this because he's going to hit one, and I don't want to be on the sidelines when after all the money that I've lost. Yep. I don't want to be on the sidelines when he actually hits one. So now I feel. Like, okay, I got to be in this for the long haul. In like three weeks, I'm going to come do the podcast, and you're going to be like in a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> we had to tighten the belt a little bit around here. Sorry, it's a little crowded. Driving a party bus to Hoko. <laughs> right. <with> 15 10th graders. <laughs> little side hustle. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Yeah, Make well. Stop. All right, so uh, Seahawks no table. Rick Neuheisel. And don't ask me why. The third guest, I'm like, I was halfway through, and I was like, what am I doing? Oh, boy. What, what does Mitch Unfiltered really become? Yeah. I got a super, fa- a Kansas City Chiefs super fan on the show. Okay. Yeah. Because you keep bringing up all the fights that happen at these stadiums. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So then Steve, producer Steve, who I'm not nice to, he says, he says, why don't we get one of these guys that gets in fights to find out what, what's going on? Why is everybody fighting yeah. at stadiums? And is there more of this than ever before? It's kind of interesting. So sure. I'm like, okay. And he ends up. He ends up not nothing wrong with what he did. He just ends up booking a super. You know what a super fan is? Do I know what a super fan is? I don't need that. I'm friends with Big Low. Oh, you are. Oh, sure. So yeah. he would be a super fan uh, without question. Yeah. yeah. And the guy that dresses like the Hulk. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of super fans at the. the so old, I got uh, it. So there's apparently two Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> super fans. Okay. You call them super fans? Plural. I guess. Yeah. They got into it. Oh. And one guy came up to the guy that we had on, and he threw one punch and connected and knocked him cold. Wait a minute. So it's, they're both Chiefs fans or from another team? They're both Chiefs super fans who don't wow. like each other. They were former protege and mentor. No. Yes. They, I, 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 <laughs> this I don't is know. awesome now. now. I don't I'm even know it. why I got into this. It's like this. Robin and Batman fighting. So, <laughs> this so is great. They're at the game the other night between the Chiefs and the Bills. One guy is sitting down. He gets hit with water. His yeah. wife gets hit with water. He looks back, oh, yeah. and he sees the other superfan who they don't get along anymore, and he immediately thinks the other superfan did it. The superfan says, I didn't do it. This guy comes up, throws one punch, knocks him out cold. He's rolling down the steps. Oh, jeez. Just knocks him out cold. Yeah, yeah. They both get evicted, and, and now they've had their season tickets revoked. He hasn't missed a game in 32 years. Whoa. And he's now no longer allowed. This is the guy who got knocked out. Right. Who says he didn't throw any water. Right. And so. I've seen that happen. Steve seen, Dion yeah. booked the super fan. <laughs> and, and I'm. I'm like seven minutes yeah. in going, what What am I doing here? Right. Who am I talking to? Right. How did this happen? Yeah, you once had Robert Shapiro in studio. Now you're talking to a cheap super be- fan. <laughs> you had Lee Steinberg in studio. Now you're talking to a guy that used to cooks be a broth. prestigious interviewer. <laughs> That's right. Now I've got, I think, it, you know what his name is? X, and I have to call him X Factor the oh, whole time. Oh, geez. Joining us on the Zeke's Pizza <laughs> is X Factor. X, how you doing? That's great. What's going on? Hey, X, thanks for joining us on Mitch Unfiltered. You know, I feel sorry thing. for him. He got knocked out and can't go to the games anymore. He got knocked out. He's got a rib oh. injury from the fall. Oh, he course, broke his yeah. teeth, the oh. whole thing. And he can't go to the games anymore. Yeah, there's a lot. So to we're hit. having him on episode 163. Are you excited for that interview? I actually will am you? now. No. Yeah, because I like the fights and the whole thing. I kind of want to. But I, I've been there where someone will throw something and then someone turns around and they don't know who did it. But they just kind of they just laser in on someone for some reason. I kind of think he did it. Oh, really? I don't know. All right. Yeah. Who knows? But I've been saying for years, people are walking around at like level and red. And they're sleeping with wives and, you know, there's just what? a lot. This sounds awesome. This, between these two, this is the history. There's, there's history. Between this is them. awesome. Yeah. There's... This might be better than all the interviews. <laughs> I mean, holy crap. This is right up my alley. This is some real housewife stuff here. I love this. I can't wait. Oh. But I personally, I think people have just been walking around near level red. 
you know, normally you're kind of like down low. It takes a lot to set you off. But yeah. when you're walking around level yeah. red, it doesn't yeah. take much. Take you much. look at somebody cross, you're going to get punched and in the face. You're going to get punched in the nose that's, and a kisser. That's right. <laughs> so, All right. Well, I, now I'm excited for you. You sold it. That was great. I can't wait. This is right up my alley. And before we start. Yes. Before we start the show officially. Right. We've got some Beat the Boys business to take care of. Two and oh. Two and oh going two into Monday Night. Oh, yes, sir. I'm two and oh going into Monday Night. I, I got a feeling that a lot of people are two and oh going into Monday Night. Oh, well, so you try to just crap <laughs> on my parade. I mean, that's that's who you are, I guess. I should just come to expect that. But I do point. owe people the games yes. and the password for weekend number seven. Okay. Beat the Boys is presented by Fireside Home Solutions. Without those guys, John Waters, Stratton, and his team, yeah. Beat the Boys is not possible. Everybody who beats us gets surprised. Thanks to John Waters, Stratton, FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Are you ready for the games? Yes, sir. I'm going to give you the games. Game number one, week seven, Chiefs at Titans. Okay. Game number two, on Sunday, week seven, Colts at 49ers. Good one. And I, I like when you do the Sunday night because it just, you know, I, I feel like I'm in it longer. If I'm like 0-2 by 1 o'clock p.m., that sucks. Well, game so. three is a Monday nighter. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Really spread Saints this out. Saints and Seahawks. Oh, another one. You're going to make me do it? You're going to make me bet against my team again, are you? So, no, you may not want to. Okay. Seahawks are at home. Saints, Seahawks, Colts, 49ers, and Chiefs, Titans are your three games for Beat the Boys. Good ones. And you need a code word to get in. As usual. They're 1-1-1 one, one, and one at the time of this recording, kind of 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in the other stuff segment. Are they really 1-1-1 one, one, and one, or are they 1-2? One, this is where hockey gets a little different. <laughs> okay. okay. Overtime I'm, losses. You get a point, but it's a loss, but it's an overtime. We'll get to it. I'm glad I'm here to clear Kraken. it all up for you. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Kraken. Kraken. Got it. Is the code word. Okay. Okay. Kraken fans getting into it early, by the way. I sent right. you that video. Yes, they are. <laughs> they're, they're fired up for their team, apparently. <laughs> be a, I'm going to end up doing interviews with Kraken superfans. That's right. <laughs> All right, you got the three games, you got the code word. So, Hotshot, this is episode 163, which means over 350 total shows in less than three years of doing this, thanks to our partners that have been standing next to me since the beginning, like Daniel's Broiler. All four locations are now open, including the downtown Seattle spot and the Hyatt Lounge only. All of them needing new team members, full-time, part-time, kitchen, hostesses, busboys, waiters, waitresses. Danielsbroiler.com. Fireside Home Solutions, the title sponsor of Beat the Boys, our brand-new outdoor fireplace is now warming our entire patio, thanks to Fireside. It's awesome. These guys are fantastic. Start your search for a new fireplace at FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Jordan Flowers and his team changing jerseys, cross-country mortgage of Kirkland, offering incredible refinance opportunities so many of you can be saving money every single month on your mortgages. All it takes is a five- to seven-minute phone call with Jordan at 425-890-2957. Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, and experienced portfolio managers working together to bring retirement planning taxes and investments under one roof, evergreengk.com, more than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. And the growth of Zeke's Pizza has been nothing less than impressive during these tough times. The footprint now, Tacoma, north to Bellingham, coming soon in Spokane. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Episode 163, Postmortem Steelers Seahawks, comes up starting right now. 
Unfiltered. I know that we've been kind of anticipating this and we've been talking about this for years and years and years, but just just the reality of here are a bunch of guys skating around playing hockey with, by the way, nice-looking uniforms. Yeah. They're playing in the NHL. We got an NHL team. Unfiltered. He was out there today practicing. What if he trips? He's got he's got three pins in it. Yeah. What if he trips? Yeah. I would trip. <laughs> what purpose does it serve except for the fact that it tells everybody I'm a leader, I'm here, I'm well, here with you guys? Yeah. Does it really serve any purpose for him to be doing the tires with three pins in his finger? Mitch is unfiltered. Okay, episode 163. Put it off long enough, have we? How'd they get back into that game? Like you said, there was no scenario where they no were going to win that game. No way. No. With Geno Smith at halftime down 14 nothing, this was going to be a blowout loss. You were going to come over. We were going to get this done. Yeah. You were going to get home, be able to watch Succession oh, on HBO, wait, yeah. and go to bed. Right. I was thinking, what's the earliest I've ever bailed on a Seahawks game to come do the podcast? And I thought the Steeler game, I thought that was going to be it. Like, I really thought I was going to be like, yeah, start of the fourth quarter. It goes all heartbreaking the way they lost. He's scrambling. He's going up the middle for eight or ten yards. T.J. Watt hits him. One of the 46 Watt family members that are in the NFL. The ball comes out. And you jinxed it, right? You're being oh, yeah. accused by many people on social media. What did you say? I am. What did you do to jinx the game? Well, going into overtime, I said, I hope the Seahawks can learn from the two bullets they dodged in the fourth quarter with fumbling. DK Metcalf won, Got and one DJ Dallas out. the other guy. Recovered right? them both, and you luckily. Wrote, and you wrote that right before overtime started? I did, yes. Oh. Let's make sure they take care of the ball in overtime. Oh. And if you watch DJ Dallas on one of his runs, he's got two arms on it. Like, he is not fumbling in he overtime. He read your tweet on the sideline. He must have. Or he's a smart football uh, player. And I was like, we can't go out this way. We're not fumbling again. And they, I mean, it's not really a fumble, but nonetheless, you didn't take care of the ball. Well, it's two, they're, they're two and four, and I just don't – what's to, what do you think about the comeback? What does it mean? Does it mean anything? It does. Was there any – would there have been any difference had they lost the way – yeah, moving forward? They're two and four. Mm-hmm. Would you feel any differently about them moving forward had they just lost 20, 24 to three? Yep, I would. What would you feel? Like they're done, they're out of it, and now you feel like there's a chance? I feel like that they have heart a little bit at least. Okay, what does that do for you? Well, you know, you're going to get someone back at some point. You got the Jags and the bye coming up and the Saints. I mean, what, could you be 4-4 four and four at some point at the halfway mark? Would you feel okay at 4-4 four and four if you can win the next two? Well, they got Jacksonville and New Orleans too. Yeah. So you're saying that as a result of the way they played in the second half, you now as a Seahawk fan have more belief – that they could win those two games at home, Jacksonville and New Orleans, yep. and get to four and four. No starting quarterback, no starting tailback, and they show that they can hang. You know, they, they can hang with a pretty decent team when they not when a they, pretty decent team. That's that's where you've gone wrong. I, I don't think. Well, I'm, I'm here. To, Watt was making some plays. Yeah, I'm here I to mean, tell you that I think that they played on Sunday night a very, a not a good football. Ben team. made some Below okay throws. Out. I know he's taking a lot of crap this year for looking old. Uh, but. Yeah, no. I'm not saying they that they didn't play well on Sunday okay, night. I'm just right. saying the product that the Seahawks faced on Sunday night in the grand scheme of th- things is not very good. Okay. I don't, but I don't, they came I don't out think. and ran the ball down their throats. I don't know how that happened. Bam, bam, bam. bam. It was unbelievable yeah. in that third quarter, those drives. Alex Collins. What happened to him at the end? Was he hurt or did yeah. they just decide to go to a package that uh, no. had DJ Dallas? He couldn't finish the game. 
Oh, he I mean, when was the last time he had that many carries in an NFL game? He had a, a glute and a hip. He oh, you just, know that? Yeah, he was okay, just I taking, didn't know that. taking hits. I mean, that's what you do in the he NFL. He went over 100 yards, the guy, Alex. He did. Ran great. Yep. Offensive line blocked great. Unbelievable. Got to overtime somehow, some way. And the truth, truth be told, everybody's going to say, well, you lost the game when Geno Smith fumbled in overtime, which yeah. you kind of did. They couldn't handle T.J. Watt, and he came in and made a bunch of plays against him, including the strip that ended up costing him the game. I'm one who looks at the game as a whole, and I don't know that I focus in on that play as the reason they lost. Well, of course. You can't pick one play. You can never really pick one play, but yeah. there's, a, there's actually a series of th- – well, I shouldn't say a series. There are, there's a succession of three series okay. that they have the ball in the fourth quarter – that that's what I'm going to take to bed with me tonight. Okay. And that's what I'm going to be thinking about all week. And I'll tell you that you'll remember the three. I think they were all fourth quarter. They were three successive series that they had the ball. Okay. Okay? Let me see if you remember these. The first one, they had the ball 17-14. They had scored two touchdowns. Yeah, red hot. They got to 17-14. The Steelers had kicked the field goal to take a 17-14 lead. And the Seahawks take the ball right down the field. And they're just... They're just gouging. They're gutting them. Yeah. Right? Right down the field. And they get down to, like, the five-yard line. They're down 17-14 in the fourth quarter. And it's third and three. Okay. Do you remember the play? Play action. He gets sacked, like, literally 18 yards back. And they yeah. go in. And they end up having to kick a pretty long field goal to tie it at 17-17. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there saying at third and three, and they're at like the five, maybe yeah. the six. Sorry, was he rolling left maybe? Yes, yeah, he was rolling left, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they came in on him, they got him, they threw him backwards, yep. the whole thing. I was thinking, God, you're just running the ball up. You're just killing them with the run. Every, I mean, you're literally averaging six, seven, eight yeah. yards a carry. You're just killing them with the run. And it's third and three. Now, some people would say this seems like hindsight is twenty twenty, but I don't know. I would have probably I would have been tempted to hand the ball off there. At worst, you don't get the first. At best, you get the first down and you score a touchdown and take the lead instead of tying at yeah. 17-17. At worst, you get two or one and two. Now you have a choice. You can even go for it on fourth down, way down deep in the, and go for the, the jugular, road, yeah. right? But he, he, he goes play action. He rolls to his left. He loses 15 yards, and now you have to. So there's that. So that that's one possession. Okay. Okay. Then... After you tie it, you take the field goal, and God willing, God bless Jason Myers' heart, he made the field goal. You're 17-17. What happens to the Steelers on the next possession? That's the the infamous Ben Roethlisberger starts to throw, tries to hold up, fumbles the ball, and and the Seahawks get it at the 35. So now you settled for three at 17-17 because you went play action. Now you've gotten the ball back. And you're at their 35-yard line with a Huge. chance to, to at least get three. And what happens What happens on the next play? The very first play from scrimmage, you get like a phantom holding. Remember the holding? A big run. I think it was Alex Collins or DJ. One, one of the yep. two. Big run going left, and there's a holding penalty. Jamarco Jones. I think it was Jamarco yeah. Jones. Yep. They replay it. 
It's kind of, yeah. I don't know. There has to be a phantom holding call in every Pittsburgh-Seattle game, doesn't there? I, I there don't just know. Has to was be. it a phantom holding call? I don't know. It was close. It was close, yeah. It was close, but you get the holding call. So now you go from 35 back to the 45-yard yep. line, right? Now yep. you're out of field goal range. You then run it on the next play on first and 20. He gets the 10 yards right back. Yep. You're at the 35-yard line. Second and 10, yep. Then what happens? Deflected pass. He had about 12 of them deflected, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then... You throw a screen pass, a wide receiver screen out to the left, and he gets knocked back five yards or three yards, and you're out of field goal range. you got to kick it. So that's, that's possession number two of my three, my succession of three series. Okay. And then the third one, again, after that, you have to punt. You punt the ball away that you stop the Steelers again. Now you get the ball again. Now you're at your own, like, 20-yard line. 17-17, you're at your own 20. Run, minus one. Run, minus one. So now it's third and 12. And that's when they show the cutaway on TV of Shane Waldron making the play call on third and 12 from, like, your own 20. They show Russell Wilson looking through his notes to see what the play call is because he's got it in his ear. And they actually catch him on NBC – Turning away in absolute disgust. Is that when I he missed it? You missed that? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! You got to see that. I have the game still. I'm gonna go watch. You got, well, That's I got. I, you could. You could see it on, on Twitter. Twitter. You could see, yeah. Oh. They actually NBC was showing just just coincidentally. Well, they couldn't stop it was, showing him. It but was yeah. third and twelve, and they're showing Russell Wilson flipping through his thing to see what the call is. And it, when he gets it, this is right before they run the play. And when when he realizes what the call is. He's literally turns away and absolutely could. He's disgusted by yeah. it. And I'm like, oh, my God, what did they just call? And what was it? It was a screen pass. They got like eight, I think, though, right? No, and... I don't think they got eight. Oh, okay. may, may, maybe. But, but they never had a chance to get yeah, the yeah. first down. But he was so freaking <laughs> disgusted yeah. with that play call in his ear that he, wow. he let the world see it. Oh, it was great. It was great. So there is some fire where that smoke's been about Russell being kind of irritated with. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that on that play call. He was caught by cameras on NBC being absolutely disgusted huh. with the notion of throwing a screen pass, which they hadn't been able to do all night. Yeah. And uh, they went three and out and punted those. So, yeah, did they lose the game in overtime? Was it great that they got to overtime? Was it too bad that Geno Smith fumbled the ball in overtime? I go back to those three possessions, yeah. the three that I just described, in the fourth quarter where <sighs> they could have made some hay. And they weren't able to make some hay on him. See, I, so. my head goes right to Jamal Adams not being able to catch a football. That's what I'm taking away from this game. Ball hits him right in the helmet. What about the one that was popped straight up in the air? Popped, well, it was him and Daryl Taylor going yeah. after the ball. Yeah. yeah. But there's a, a still shot of the ball in Jamal's, like right in front of him. And he's kind of trying to cradle it and just couldn't yeah. catch it. You yeah. had a chance. Yeah. And they got a touchdown on that drive, if I'm not mistaken. They, I, I don't know. Maybe they I did. I think they did. Did yeah. they? But I was, th- I was. Well, no, they didn't get a touchdown because they didn't get a touchdown in the second half, and that was in the second half. No, the, the one that went straight up was in the first half. Oh, it was in the first. Oh, yeah, you're talking yeah. about the first half in the straight up. Okay. Yeah. I thought you talk about the one that hit him, hit him in the face mask. That's the other one that's yeah. in my mind. Right in his face mask. I mean, yeah. that old saying that I'm sure people hate is big players make big plays in big games. You know, like the best of the best make those plays to win or, you know, to win right. games. Right. How big would that have been if he picked six as that? I mean, I don't know if he would have made it, but it was right to him. Threw it right into his helmet. That's why right you, into his face mask, like a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. Like, we've seen why we pay Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know, we're like, well, no one else can do what he just did. No one else can make that throw. You see why you pay him from time to time. Yeah. That's why you pay a guy like Jamal Adams to make those kinds of plays. He was in position. 
He could have housed it. Yeah. And he, did, he just could not catch it. Yeah. That's that's what's gonna sit with me. Yeah. The, the whole night. I just I I don't know what to do. I I, I, I said, nothing to do. Get used to it. I, I mean, he's, he's going nowhere. They're not going to be able to get out from that contract. Yeah. He's either going to get better or he's not going to get better. And you're going to have to deal with whatever you see now for a very long time. I need Joe Fan in the press conference <laughs> Mr. Every, Joe. every week asking him about what is it, pass coverage. That's oh. what I need. <laughs> oh, and then there was this other play that I'll, I'll remember that I have in my notes. When the Steelers took the 17-14 lead and it looked like they had won the game, but then Geno brings them back down and Jason Myers kicks the field goal. Yeah. They have all that cockamamie controversy with DK Metcalf dropping the ball. Crazy. Did they have enough time to spike it? All that stuff. But on the possession before, when the Steelers get the long field goal, okay. I think his name is Chris Boswell. I don't know what it his is. name is. They get the long field goal. That third down play right before they kick the field goal, it's third and like 14. Okay. For Ben Roethlisberger, they're out of field goal range, and he throws the ball kind of in the flat to a receiver, and Ryan Neal comes up to make a tackle at the 40. He had him at the 40. It would have been a 57-yard field goal, and the receiver somehow gets away from Ryan Neal and goes another five, six yards to get closer and get him in the field goal range. Ryan Neal is right there with a chance to almost, I don't know, maybe they would have gone for a 57-yard field goal, but they might have had to punt also, and he might have missed the 57-yard field goal. Those little plays. Yeah. Yeah. He He didn't break down like our buddy Trey Brown did. Trey Brown made a hell of a play. Trey ba- Brown, I think, had a pretty good night for his first night ever. He, d- he didn't overrun that guy. That was a great play that he made. Great tackle. Perfect. Didn't, there was a couple of pass uh, breakups, one that he didn't get beat deep. He got in position. Yep. I thought, all in all, that's got to be one of the positives that come out of the evening. Definitely. The negative is Daryl Taylor. I hope he's okay. Everything's he come a- back that he's, they say he's clear preliminarily. Yeah. He's clear, which is good news. So scary when oh. you see a guy go out like that. I, I so scary. I, I hate doing this because I, I don't know, but Chris Collinsworth was going on and on about Ben Roethlisberger and Pouncey crying last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we check on the guy on the ground who's not moving? <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the guy who's the, who's has his head being held by the trainers, which is never yeah. a good... Yeah. Can we check on him? I'm, I'm happy that Pouncey's crying last year for, you know, whatever. I'm. Can we check on the guy on the ground? Yeah. I was like, what are we doing? Fair point. It was so... I was like... Fair like, point. Dude, that's so scary. The guy's not moving at all. So you're not willing to throw the, fl- throw the white towel in on the seat? I was at halftime. I was at halftime. This this showed me some heart. This showed me but something. It's two and four. It is. But can they get to four and four? That's 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 kind of what I need. If they get to four and four, see, and hopefully the problem get Russell is, back. Let's say they get to four and four. They beat the Saints on Monday night. They beat the Jaguars both games at home. I yeah. don't know that they're going to beat the Saints. Okay. But if they beat the Saints and beat the Jaguars and get to four and four, then you have a bye week. Yep. Then it's five weeks and two days after surgery that the Packers come to town. Or no, you go to. I think you go to Green Bay. Okay. I think you go to Green Bay. I don't know whether he plays or not that you can expect to win that game. Either he's five weeks and two days away from surgery and he has protective stuff on his hand and you're going to Green Bay to face Aaron Rodgers or it's Geno Smith and you're going to face yeah. Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think you're I think at best you're four and five after nine games. Now, how do you feel? Yeah. I mean, you're right. They, they were two and three with him. I mean, it's Correct. not like it's not like when you get him back, it's Correct. like bringing LeBron into Correct. the lineup or something. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I just that, that second half really showed me something on both sides, actually. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little more encouraged than I was going into that game. I, by the way, I just want to talk about Lockett really quick. Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Th- this is not me trying to crap on him because of the overrated stuff. I've yeah. Pr- yeah. But 
when they were making that that big comeback and, and, and Gerald Everett's breaking tackles and and Alex Collins is running for his life and Jamarco Jamarco uh, Jones pancakes uh, Watt I mean I was, everyone was just busting their Tyler Lockett catches the ball and just sort of dips out of bounds it's like can you look around a little bit and maybe try to fight for some extra now it didn't matter they went down and scored anyway but Lockett just I know he's 5'10", 180. He's not looking to take big hits. Yeah, but everyone yeah. was fighting so hard for extra yards out there. He catches the ball, blip, right out of bounds. I don't know why that really rubbed me the wrong way. Just considering how hard everyone was fighting. It's like, dude, look around here. You see, like, beast mode blood is in everybody right now. They're trying to come back in this thing. <laughs> he's like playing flag football. I don't know. I have a... Drives me nuts, that guy. Oh, Why? I don't know. He's, a... he's probably the nicest human on earth. He probably is. I think There's something about him. And he kind of I think you're in the vast and, minority about, right. on your. Did he have a great game? I mean, has he been? No, I mean, no. Did he have a big, great game? No, definitely did not have a okay. great game. I'm just kind of. Although the best throw, I thought the best throw that Geno Smith made all night was the one in overtime when they first got the ball over the middle to lock it yeah. over the over the defender in the seam right there. Yeah. Of course, it didn't mean anything because he got sacked and they ended up having a punt anyway. Yeah. But yeah. 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 And by the way, did you see the Russell Wilson stuff? The the pregame stuff he's going through. No. Oh yeah. Don't get me started. Okay. Really though. I thought, Don't get me started. Okay. Am I in the vast minority on him I, being a weirdo? I mean, what is he? Does it, is something about him just look weird and, and awkward and bizarre? Like, if he, I was thinking, if he was I on another. I just don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't want to go there okay, because, I, because I have a, a, a feeling about that, and it's not going to be popular with anybody. So I don't know. Well, I mean, I think I'm kind of with you. If, I was thinking, if he was on a different team, would I like him? Would I. Would I I, it just for something about it, I just it looks contrived, I kinda, and I don't know. Go ahead. Uh, you had to bring this up. I'm reeling you in. Come I, on. I really didn't want to talk about this. <laughs> but you kind of feel the same way a little bit. No, I kind of think maybe he knew cameras are on him. Yeah, contrived. Yeah, a little bit. And he's like, and even going through like the throwing motion, yeah. it just looks so I, I think, weird. I, I don't weird. I, I wouldn't call it weird. Really. It just, it, it felt a little bit put on. Hmm, yeah. It felt a little bit like, hey, I'm different than everybody else who's hurt. Yeah. I, I'm going to go do this. <laughs> I'm going to hope that NBC cameras pick it up and they yeah. play. I, I, I don't, I really don't want to believe that, what I just said. Yeah. But a, I kind of. <laughs> I know I I'm with know. you. I kind of think that maybe he was putting on a show for the cameras. Yeah. I don't know. I don't no, know. There's something somebody, about it. Somebody who knows him well, somebody from the Seahawks who's listening to this might just email me or text me and say, hey, Mitch, you're so wrong about him. That's what he does every game, hurt or not. I don't know. It, 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 felt, it felt a little grandstanding-like. It did. To me. Yep. But that's me. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm with you. That's it just something looked off about it. I don't know. Let's do some interviews, and then we'll do some other stuff segment. we got to talk about the Kraken. Yes. we got to talk about the UW. we got to talk about the best tweet I've ever seen. Yes. We got a lot to do in other stuff segment. I'm ready. So here I am having a good week, feeling all great about myself. And then here she comes. There's no better person to remind me of my limitations than Katie Versio, senior financial planner of our partner at Evergreen GovCal. Hi, Katie. Hi, Mitch. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for being back. Three questions more. And the theme today is... 
tax reform. So this is a big hot topic in the news this year. The House just a few weeks ago recently released updates to their proposed legislation. And this is especially relevant for us. In 2020, Evergreen acquired a tax firm. So with the help of Evergreen Sterling Cooter, we put together a few questions. Yes, I knew that. I knew about the acquisition of the tax firm. Let's go. Question number one. I'd like to hit one out of the ballpark. One of these things. All, Go ahead. All right. So the first question, the proposed maximum tax rate is increasing to 39.6% starting at $400,000 for individuals or $450,000 for married couples. What's the current maximum tax rate? Is it 30%, 32%, 37% or 38%? Well, it's not 30. It's either 32 or 37. I'll say 32%. Oh, you sh it was actually 37%. In this proposal, it would go from 37 to okay. 39.6. Got it. So it's up 2.6% in the highest bracket. Question number two. All right, this this might be one for you. This is true or false. Oh! <laughs> so this proposal repeals 1031 real estate exchanges, which allows you to sell investment real estate and defer capital gains tax by rolling it into another property. Is that true or false? Sounds true to me. It's actually false. Oh. Yes, it was uh, in the original proposal, they were recommending repealing it, but it is not in this version. So holders of investment real estate can hold a sigh of relief. Okay. I'm 0 for 2. I've got one last shot to get off the schneid and at least hit 333. Go ahead, Katie Versio. Okay, so this proposal recommends increasing the top capital gains rate from 20 to 25%. What is the starting date for this increase under this proposal? So is it starting January 1st, 2021? So going all the way back to the beginning of the year? April 30th, 2021? September 13th, 2021, or January 1st, 2022? September 13th is just too <laughs> obscure of a date for you to throw at me. Where would you come up unless it's your birthday or something? I'm going, I'm going September 13th. I'm trying to read you, Katie. All right, well, you got that one. You read me pretty well. <laughs> Yes, so that was actually the date that the House released this updated legislation. So any gains that are incurred after that date will be effective at the new rate. That's fantastic. All right, I went one for three. And how do we find out some information if we want to know more about the tax firm that you guys acquired several months back? Yes. So anyone interested can reach out to me directly at my email, kvercio at evergreengovcal.com or visit our website at evergreengk.com. And GovCall is G-A-V-E-K-A-L. Evergreen GovCall is everything wealth. Unfiltered. This is for the tie from 43 for Jason Myers. for the win. And the Pittsburgh Steelers win in overtime. The hard part is we lose. And, uh, you know, I, I can't help these guys with that one. You know, all the effort, all the, all the plays, all, all the uh, come through. 
in the, in the heart and all that kind of stuff, you know, okay, but we didn't win. So, and that's, that's, just, that's, that's the game. But, uh, God dang, I'm proud of these guys. <laughs> Jeez. I'm so proud to see that happen. All right, it's Seahawks no table time. Taco Time Northwest continues its search for great employees with incentive packages that are amazing. 15-minute interviews on Zoom is an easy way to toss your name into the hat. TacoTimeNW.com. We're about to have our Taco Time, who was doing work in the uh, in the loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 23-20. Overtime crusher. Begin with Brady. Brady Henderson in Pittsburgh. What do you know or not know about Daryl Taylor at the time of this recording? The preliminary reports on Daryl Taylor were positive uh, from Pete Carroll. He said Taylor's CT scans were clear, said he had feeling and movement uh, in all of his extremities. He's flying back with the team uh, Sunday night, and he said that Taylor was actually annoyed uh, that he had to come out of the game and go through all of the precautions. And so Carroll said that there's more tests coming up, so he's, I don't know if he's out of the woods entirely yet, but the preliminary indications are at least positive. All right, Joey Vegas, why'd the Seahawks lose on Sunday night to the Steelers? Missed opportunities. I mean, this is another game. You look at a week ago against the Rams and now and now this one where they had every opportunity to win that game. And, and you give them a lot of credit for battling back after being down 14-0 at halftime. But the reality is that they continued to let you know opportunities go by the wayside. You just can't do that when you're, not one, not a very good football team, and B, playing on the road, and C, then most notably, playing without your starting running back and your starting uh, quarterback, your franchise quarterback. So you, know, you look at, at opportunities to get takeaways. Uh, Jamal Adams had a, a chance to get a couple of different turnovers, uh, an interception late in the game when it was 17-17, uh, not being able to come up with those. And you look at the superstar players on the other side of the, of, of the ball where T.J. Watt dominated that game from start to finish, whether it's sacks, tipped passes, uh, and then we saw at the end, um, in both overtime uh, possessions, uh, you know, sack, fumble, and then another sack. So I mean, he was dominant and just not enough, not enough from the Seahawks in terms of, of clutch moments down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of things you could point to. And, and the Adams play, that was very costly. And I mean, it's, this is going to sound like a defense of him. It, it's, it's, I don't know what to make of it because even a – even a defensive back who does not excel with his ball skills should make a better play on that ball. And it leads me to believe that I, it makes me wonder if he even saw the, the ball just because he didn't even get a hand on it. It looked like it hit him square in the face. And I asked Pete Carroll if, if Adams didn't see the ball. And he, Carroll said he didn't know. Um, I, I just I, I kind of want to give Jamal Adams the benefit of the doubt there because, again, even a guy who does not is not known for making plays on the ball and intercepting passes, you would think that he would make at least a better play on the ball, assuming he saw it. So that was a, a huge missed opportunity for them. He the ball back with decent field position. Instead, um, Steelers maintained possession. They kicked the field goal to, I think, make it 20-17 to 17 with a minute and a half left. Now, you saw Geno Smith lead them on that drive. And, I mean, hats off to Geno Smith. I, I think all things considered, he played well enough to win. You know, for the most part, save for that that last fumble there. Um, and this is this is a tough game for the Seahawks to swallow, for the obvious reasons of their two and four, and it was a game that they could have won. But can't expect to be in so many games like that with your backup quarterback, with your backup running back. I mean, this was this was a winnable game for them against a very beatable Steelers team, against a quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger, who just 
looks broken down. Joe, at halftime, Seahawks fans were writing off the season. The season was over. They're down 14 nothing. They look like they're going to get blown out. They're listless. They're going to be 2-4. and four. They come out in the second half and play an inspired second half. They get back in it and put themselves in position to win it, but they lose anyway 23-20. In the grand scheme of things, to both of you guys, let's start with Joe. How important was the second half performance? Does it mean anything? I think it means something, at least from the standpoint of they haven't folded. I mean, you could you could just fold up shop, close up shop at halftime, um, call it a day, go out and play the final 30 minutes, get your butt kicked and, and get on a flight home. I think it, at least you still have a pulse in that locker room. You still have a buy-in and some pride there of, of guys who, you know, still believe they, that they can win game, uh, win games. And so um, Alex Collins, you know, we're talking about Taco Time players doing work. Alex Collins is a monster in that in that drive. I think he counted for what 60 plus yards in that opening um, that opening drive of the second half, where I mean, he was dominant. I mean, the, the offensive line was tremendous, um, and they were they were getting chunk plays on every single carry. So. Ultimately, no. Like Brady said, you're two and four, and and there aren't really any silver linings when you're in the situation that you're in. But I don't know. I guess from the standpoint of when deciding how watchable is this season going to be from here on out, or at least while Russell Wilson is out, I think maybe it gives you a little bit of hope that they can still be competitive in the meantime. Yeah, Mitch, I agree with the way that you framed that question because, look – this was a tough environment. Uh, I know Pittsburgh's not a very good team, but this stadium was rocking. And being down 14-0 in a primetime game where you just look like crap all the way around in the first half, I mean, to come back from that with everything that was working against them, you know, backup quarterback and all, I think they showed some resolve there. And I look at it, I kind of tend to look at this situation over a three-game stretch. And I choose a three-game stretch because Russell Wilson is on IR for those three games. That's the minimum that he has to miss. And I I think it it seems like there's a good chance that with the bye after that third game that he could come back. And so um, as of right now, I'm kind of viewing this as these are the three games they're going to be without Wilson. And I think that if if they were to go two and one in those three games, they're four and four going into their bye. They've got a good chance to get Wilson back. So certainly they've got still a, a hole to climb out of, but you never know what's going to happen at that point. And I just think the way that they played in the second half of this game, that leaves me more encouraged that they can beat New Orleans. I think the Jaguars are terrible. I know they won on Sunday for the first time this year, but they should win that game, even with Geno Smith there. Brady, they brought all these guys in during the offseason. They went into the year thinking, okay, we're not going to have a dominant pass rusher, but we're going to have a bunch of guys. We're going to do it by committee. We're going to have – Kerry Hyder, we're going to have Carlos Dunlap, we're going to have Daryl Taylor, we're going to have uh, you know different guys come in, Rasheem Green, we're going to have all kinds of different guys, maybe get five, six, seven, Alton Robinson, and the compilation will be good enough for a pass rush. They cannot get to the quarterback. Now, I know you're going to tell me that Ben Roethlisberger got the ball out quick, he's doing a lot of short stuff, but they, they cannot get to the quarterback with this group of pass rushers. Does anybody have any explanation for that? Yeah, if it, if, if it was just an issue in this game, I would have said, yeah, it's not really concerning because they've got the guys and because the ball, like you said, was coming up very quickly. That's what Ben Roethlisberger is doing at this stage of his career. 
he's getting it out. But this is it's not just this game. It's basically been every game except for the opener when their pass rush looked great. And you know, before you could point to, well, they're not getting enough out of Jamal Adams in that regard because they're not blitzing him as much. Shoot, they blitzed him a ton. I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I haven't had a chance to look yet, but I think he was averaging 3.5 pass rush snaps per game. I would not be surprised if he doubled that or maybe tripled that in this game. And still, to no avail. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, look, Daryl Taylor's been their best pass rusher, really their only consistent threat, and, and we don't really know what's going to happen with him with his neck injury. We'll see. But it's not a good sign, man, uh, because that was supposed to be the strength of this defense, and it's really been a non-factor. You mentioned Jamal Adams, Joe, uh, both when we started and before we started. You had a chance to hit the nail right on the head the closest to the pin. As it turns out, Brady was right there. He left it on the lip. He almost dunked it for a hole-in-one, so he gets on the board. But Jamal Adams, again, is going to be a talking piece. I guess he's going to be a talking piece for the next, what, five years here in Seattle on Mondays? But uh, again, on Sunday night against the Steelers, he had two opportunities to make a big play. The one that hit him in the helmet, the one that was up in the air that he and Daryl Taylor kind of fought over. And yet, for whatever reason, number 33 just can't come up with the impactful play. I think that's what's so frustrating is that he's not even close. I don't think he really got his hands on the, the one where he and Daryl Taylor collided either. And it is, it's such a gaffe when the pass is essentially thrown right at you and you, I guess what, what he would probably tell you is that he was going to make a hit as opposed to looking for the football and then was surprised when it came his way. But the, big, the best way I can put it is that on the Steelers sideline, they have a player who gets paid more than any other position or anyone else in the league at his position in TJ Watt. And TJ Watt dominated the game from start to finish. Jamal Adams, nobody makes more money than him at his position. And he had a couple of golden opportunities to be that reason why the Seahawks won. We talked about this. Who, who are the players that are the reasons why this team is going to win games? And there's no one right now defensively who, who fits that bill. And then it should be Jamal Adams. If it's, if it's just this one game, you can give him a pass and say, but they, they hasn't had any signature moment so far this year. Brady's yeah. given us the numbers on his pass rush woes or, or just lack there of opportunities um, all season long. And now we're what, six games in, and it's the same story each and every week. So it, when you add it up, when you, you, know, you look at the, the weird play with the underthrow against the Rams with Deshaun Jackson, if that's just a one-off, okay, you can, you can find a way to give him a pass. If it's just the Higby play last week, okay, you find a way to give him a pass. But this all comes together, and, it's, and you look at it, and you say, at this point, can any more excuses be made for this guy who simply is showing that he, he's incapable of making plays on the football? Before we get to who was doing work, um Brady, how about other injuries outside of Daryl Taylor? I know that Alex Collins played a really good football game, especially in the second half. And then he was not present late in the game. I thought for a second it might be because of the, the offensive packages that they were using with DJ Dallas. But then I was told that he came out with a couple of injuries. Anybody else 
you want to update us on? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both because in some of those, you know, those were two-minute situations late in the game, some of those drives, and so he he probably would have been on the bench in favor of Dallas or Travis Homer, but uh, there was definitely times where they would have had him in there, especially with how well he was running. I, I think he got hurt on the play, the, the nice run that he had towards the left sideline that got called back by a Jamarco Jones hold. He kind of got up slow, and I didn't see him in the game after that, and the word from Pete Carroll was that he took separate hits, I think on his hip and on his glute, and you saw him on the sideline. He looked like he was kind of trying to stretch out, um, and they certainly missed him uh, for the rest of that game. And so no word from Pete Carroll on what his status is. I mentioned Jamarco Jones being in there at left guard for Damian Lewis. Pete Carroll called it an AC sprain, uh, AC joint sprain. I believe that's a shoulder deal. Um, and no word on, on his prognosis. They, they do have an extra day with the Monday night game, so we'll see. Joe, you seem exasperated. <laughs> My guy, Joey Boy. Vegas, what if I told you they win convincingly the next two games? They win on Monday night against the Saints. They beat Jacksonville. Going into the bye week, they're 4-4. Four and four. Can I get so, you back in? Come on. No, I think the issue is, and I talked about it at halftime during a, a Twitter space, is the doomsday scenario is so glaring and obvious with the the cherry on top of not having their own first round pick that it's hard to look for reasons for optimism with this team and i think we'd be we'd be trying to fool listeners by doing so or be doing listeners a disservice okay of trying to say well they came back in this one and and they gave it a good shot and and it's worth something but it's not worth much steelers aren't a good football team they've been largely terrible for most of the season so far by the way, I'm not sure Brady saw it because he's there. I know you saw it, Joe. How about the reaction from Russell Wilson when he saw the play call of the screen pass on third and 12 just yeah. before? How about that? Was that not beautiful television? Was it that was not perfect. all time? Do you know what we're talking about, Brady? Do you know what we're talking I didn't about? See, no, I didn't even have a good shot of the TV. Tell me what happened. So the, so the Seahawks have the ball. I guess it was 17-17. They got it back in their own territory, about the 20-yard line. They run Alex Collins, negative one. They run Alex Collins, negative one. It's third and 12, and NBC just happens to have a cutaway of Russell Wilson before the third down play, listening to the call in his ear, what the third down play is going to be, and he's looking at his the little card that goes on his wrist, and he's trying yeah. to decipher what the play call is, and it dawns on him that it's a – well, we didn't know at the time that it was going to be a screen pass – and he looks away in such disgust. Maybe he looked exasperated. Exactly. He looked absolute. When he realized that the call that was going in on third and 12 was a screen pass, he just looked away in disgust. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> what are we doing? And then, of course, they run, the, they run the, 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 the screen pass for five or six yards, and they punt the ball away. But it was just it was beautiful television. Anyway, I digress. Brady, you go first. I'm going second. Joe Fan, because he party fouled and he brought it up too soon, is going third. We need a taco time player of the game in the loss 23-20 to to the Steelers. I ask you because they're looking for good workers. Brady Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com. You know what I want to ask. Who was doing work? For the Seahawks. Boy, there's a number of uh, choices here, even including a very obvious one that I'm going to pass on because Joe called dibs on him. And again, I am no, a didn't. taco time. No, he I'm, didn't. A, I'm a taco time team player <laughs> no, here, he and didn't. I'm going to continue to be a taco time team player okay. here. So I'm going to pass on the obvious one. And I'm going to say 
Jason Myers was doing work. Ah. He's had an up-and-down season this year. He hit a very big field goal early in the fourth quarter from 40 yards out after, I think, a, uh, was a sack that yes. pushed him back yes. 15 yards. You think, boy, the sack is the one thing that they can't afford to take there uh, because you're kicking into the open end of the stadium, the windier end of the stadium, and that makes that field goal try you know, 15 yards longer. He drills it from 40 yards out, and then obviously the one to send it to overtime. Uh, just there's just you can't get any more of a pressure kick than that. And he drills it from 43 yards again towards the open end of the stadium. He's been up and down this year, but he was fantastic Sunday night. I'll give you a bonus doing work. The streaker in the first quarter uh, <laughs> ran onto the field carrying a wig in his hand and was gallivanting around, uh. sort of lightly touching players as he went, ran by. That's the second streaker this season for the Seahawks in a road game. They also had, not streaker, because he wasn't naked. You know what I mean, running yeah. out of the field. Yeah. Uh, also had one in Minneapolis. That guy did not have a wig uh, like this guy did, though. All right, Joe, you want Trey Brown? Oh, no, that's he's all you. Uh, there, there's a number gonna, of other options. I was going you know, to say Alex Collins, who had over 100 yards in relief of Chris Carson, right? You could go Alex Collins. You could go Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks, each of whom had 14 tackles. You yeah. could go... Russell Wilson, who had engineered a, an immaculate two-minute drive prior to the game. Um, he was doing work. <laughs> oh, dear. But I think, I think I, will, I will take Alex Collins, who, I mean, he really did. I mean, those two scoring drives to get them back in the game, he, he was the one shouldering the load. And, I mean, 20 carries for 101 yards. Um, a big game for him. They they definitely missed him in overtime. I think everyone looking when when you see the first the first play of overtime is a carry to, to Travis Homer that goes for negative yardage. Um, you know it, it makes sense now that he was hurt. Don't I'll go Trey him. Brown because we're looking for corners. This was his first game as a Seahawk first regular season game. Had some nice pass breakups. You know did some nice things in long uh, long pass coverage and then made that big stop. Uh, short of the first down to allow the Seahawks to get the ball back. I think uh, a very encouraging start. I don't want to get the, the cart ahead of the horse because it's just one game and it is the Steelers, so we'll have to wait and see. But encouraging first returns from Trey Brown and Brady is holding his hand up high. Yes, sir. Well, I want to make a point about Trey Brown. That was a hell of a play he made, I think, on the third down stop yes. uh, late in the game where he, he, was, he explained it to us afterwards where he was responsible, I think he said, for the deep quarter of the field, and he saw Roethlisberger scrambling, and he knew that Roethlisberger was going to try to dump it off. So he made a pretty quick reaction. Uh, you know, players talk about, the, I think the term is shooting their gun, like where you got to make a decision and go for it, and he did. Uh, a pretty heads-up play by a, a rookie fourth-round pick playing in his first NFL game and one of several encouraging plays he made in that. I think they're going to have a tough decision there. Um, do you want to – I mean, he, he looked pretty good. Do you, did he look good enough to win a starting job right away with you know only a couple you know series under his belt? Um, again, it goes back to the question, too, of do you want two short guys out there because he's 5'10", DJ Reed is 5'9", on the other side. I think they would want to avoid that, but if he's the best option on the left side, then – how do you not have him out there? Okay, so Alex Collins was doing work. Taco time. Trey Brown was doing work. Jason Myers was doing work. Russell Wilson in his pregame warm-up was doing work. <laughs> That's enough. Can, can we talk about the Russell Wilson pregame routine? Sure, sure, go. I, I, I think the guy is getting way too much flack for that. People are being way too cynical, okay? I mean, 
Is it a little extra? I, I don't know, maybe, but I mean, there's a reason why the guy is as good as he is. I mean, this is this kind of just how elite performers behave. They do things like that. You know, he's, he, what does he always say? The separation is in the preparation. I mean, the guy was getting mental reps. He's also never been on IR, never missed a game, probably doesn't know what to do with himself with all that time pregame. So, I, I mean, I, I think everybody's being too cynical there. That said, some of the responses, some of the responses that weren't mean-spirited were actually kind of funny. Some guy said on Twitter that he's something to the effect of, man, if I was running an imaginary two-minute drive, I would have just thrown it deep on the first play and <laughs> thrown a touchdown and got it all over with. Uh, but layoff, come on. Uh, would it change your opinion, Brady, if I told you that he called over the executive producer of NBC and asked him when they'll be rolling? When the cameras will be rolling in the pregame, would that change your opinion? I mean, they're always they're always rolling. <laughs> well, there's cynical on one side and there's naive on the other, and I guess there's a football field in between. Brady Henderson in Pittsburgh, travel safe home. Brady, thanks for being on the note table. Okay, thank you. And Joey Vegas, Joey Vegas, Joey Brooks Kepka, Joey Contusion, live from Vegas on the Seahawks note table. Thank you, Joey. Appreciate you guys. And it's time for a check-in with CEO of Daniel's Broiler, my friend Lindsey Schwartz. Lindsey, how's everything at Daniel's, and how was the bourbon bash? You know, Mitch, it's great. We're getting busier every week at all the restaurants. The bourbon bash was awesome. We had over 100 people there having a great time, and it was just so nice to be able to host an event again after all this time and see people there and hope to do a bunch more in the future. Lindsay, where are we with staffing? That's always been a challenge and has been a challenge recently. Still some great positions available? Absolutely. As the restaurants continue to get busier, we need more and more people. So we're hiring at all positions, front and back of house, full-time, part-time, looking for good people. You can go to the website or you can actually visit the locations. And the downtown Seattle, Hyatt Regency, the bar area still open at Daniel's? Yeah, the bar is open. We're serving our bar menu that has a couple of great steaks on it. Uh, that's getting busier every week. More people are headed to downtown Seattle these days, and uh, we're excited to see it continue to get busier. Your best busboy at, uh, at Bellevue, Max Levy, tells me that live piano music is returning to that location, which has been popular for you guys for years. He's absolutely right. And uh, Jim Washburn, who has been our piano player there for over 30 years, if you can believe that, uh, we say he's played Piano Man more times than Billy Joel. <laughs> he's awesome. I know, I know a lot of listeners have loved him for a long time, and uh, he didn't get to, to perform for a year and a half, and now he's back. So Thursdays through Saturday nights from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., come on in and say hi to Jim. And, Lindsay, you've added new mixers to the Amazon site. Explain that to me. Yeah, we talked about uh, the old-fashioned mixer that we launched on Amazon several months ago. It's been selling really, really well, and uh, we launched three new mixers this week, Whiskey Sour, a Kentucky Mule, and a Lavender Martini. So now we've got four mixers available on the Daniels Broiler storefront on the Amazon website. That is fantastic. There's a lot of forward momentum at Daniels Broiler. I love Daniels Broiler. Been a great partner since back in the radio days, and I'm very appreciative of that. Dan Daniel's Broiler, a world-class steakhouse. Unfiltered.
fake. Man wide open. Touchdown, Jeray Jenkins. Thompson Robinson, touchdown to Dulcich. Well, the fact that Taco Time Northwest is still willing to sponsor this segment is a bigger upset than UConn finally winning a football game. <laughs> TacoTimeNW.com slash careers for a 15-minute Zoom interview. Open positions across the board with terrific perks that come along with joining the Taco Time team. Here he is last week. Cashiers, North Carolina. Where do we find Rick Neuheisel this time around? Well, after doing the uh, wonderful Auburn-Arkansas game in beautiful Fayetteville, Arkansas, I got on uh, I-49 and then made a uh, trip down I-40 to Little Rock, where my son is going to play golf uh, for the Boise State Broncos. So I get to watch him in a round of collegiate golf before headed back to New York. Are you saying that you didn't play golf yourself on this trip, Rick Neuheisel? I don't think that question was asked, Mitch Levy, but uh, now that you're asking it, the answer is, of course, an affirmative, and I did at one of the absolute pristine golf clubs in all of America, maybe all the world, in what is known as the Elotion Club, Uh, America Lights Out Tour Club. uh, That's where I played golf today, in beautiful Little Rock. Actually, I think Roland, Arkansas. Roland, Arkansas is correct. So last week... Uh, Wade Hampton, this week the Elotion Club. I'm glad you're having fun gallivanting across the country, enjoying some of our nation's prestigious golf destinations while some of us are living meal to meal because we can't get a, <laughs> a pick right. This week it's the, oh. ode, uh, the ode. You had me take the Florida Gators. We laid 13 points. And they lost the game straight up to a team that's not only in disarray, but changing its head coach. So we're, we're still 0 for 21, Rick Neuheisel, on the football season. I am absolutely mystified <laughs> that I can be doing this poorly. I'm absolutely mystified that Florida can give up 49 points to this LSU team that is absolutely dismantling right before our very eyes. And as a matter of fact, as you brought up, Ed Ogeron is now being told he will not be retained for the 22 season. It is, it's, it's incredible what's happened to Florida, having lost now to both Kentucky for the first time since 1986 and now going down to the bayou as a double-digit favorite and getting given up 49 <laughs> points. I don't know what's going on with these programs, but uh, I certainly am not in the know. Well, I can tell you that the guys that fired Ed Ogeron were in front of me at the Snoqualmie Casino betting Florida uh, on, uh, on Friday afternoon. Maybe that's the, left them with a bad taste in their mouth. So, so Coach O is out at the end of the season. He gets a hefty paycheck to leave, does he not? Oh, he does. I, I don't know, you know what the numbers are, but I'm told uh, north of $20 million. Ooh. I'm sure there'll be a settlement uh, negotiation Ooh. because he's still a little bit involved in some some uh, unsavory things involving Title IX. But, uh, but we'll wait and see what comes of it. But, you know, listen, for Ed Ogeron, a guy that, you know, grew up coaching defensive line and to get this chance to coach his home state's uh, – 
you know, flagship school and to take him to a national championship, he can be very proud of what he accomplished. I know he would have liked to have stayed there forever, but to me, this job was always going to be a little bit big for Ed, given, you know, who he was being asked to beat in terms of Nick Saban on a yearly basis. That was going to be a lot for Ed Ogeron to handle. So the athletic director who's in charge of deciding who the new football coach will be is a guy that used to be here in Seattle. It's Scott Woodward at LSU. That's right. Uh, where do you suspect that Scott will look for his next head coach? Might he might he go to uh, College Station where he hired a guy at Texas A&M that's had some success this year? Or what do you think he's going to do? Well, that was the move, that the preemptive move made by Ross Bjork at Texas A&M earlier in the season where we all kind of looked at ourselves and said, why is he bidding against himself? He was, uh, Ross Bjork was of the mind, you know, he had this guy for year four of a set of a 10-year deal where he's paying Jimbo Fisher 7.5 and he upped it to 9.5 and extended it another four years. So it's still a 10-year deal. And obviously, there's got to be some major buyout provisions in there. So I think he's nipped that in the butt. Okay. I don't think Jimbo Fisher can afford to go. Okay. Uh, so that leaves us with other, you know, prospects. Uh, I think Mel Tucker out of Michigan State, uh, the job that he's been doing there for the Spartans is off the charts. I mean, to think that they're still undefeated at this point in the season is hard to believe when they were picked to finish last in the Big Ten. East, so he's certainly going to be on the list. Now, he's only been there two years, and he was only at Colorado one year, so there's a little bit of that Rolling Stone thing that he's going to have to worry about, but it certainly might give himself a chance to get a raise at Michigan State. Uh, there's a kid in the state right there at Lu- uh, Louisiana, formerly known as Louisiana Lafayette, yeah, yeah. Uh, a youngster by the name of Billy Napier, who's been doing a whale of a job. They just knocked off uh, Appalachian State here uh, last Tuesday, that guy has been hot. He's been both with Dabo and with Nick in their programs at one time or another in his career. So uh, that'll be a name. James Franklin's name will come up. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll absolutely be interesting because Scott Woodward, when he hired Jimbo and gave him the 7.5 per for the 10-year deal, he also gave him a national championship trophy with a year to be determined. He'll do the very same at uh, LSU. On the field this past weekend, Rick – uh, it, actually, one of the great tweets I've ever seen was the Purdue Boilermaker football program tweeting out after they beat <laughs> Iowa. We beat, beat the number two out of them. Yeah, we beat the number two out of <laughs> Iowa, which has a has a dual meaning there. Uh, who saw that coming? Did anybody see that coming? Iowa losing like that to Purdue? You know, uh, I kind of felt like that was an upset special because it wasn't so long ago we saw Purdue knock off Ohio State after a monumental win by Ohio State over, ironically, Penn State. Uh-huh. They had beaten them, and then they went down. And if you recall, it was that youngster who was, you know, battling cancer, would later succumb to it, uh, Tyler Trent. And they ended up beating Ohio State there and beat them handily. And Jeff Brom, when you know, when you do that, you know kind of the recipe of what it takes for a week of practice and so forth. And so it wasn't really surprising to me. Even the only thing I didn't, why I didn't make it a bigger, you know, note in terms of broadcasting it across the, the airways was because Iowa was still going to be at home. Ohio State traveled to West Lafayette for that one. So, you know, being in Iowa City, I thought the home crowd would carry him. But uh, 
it was not an accident. That was a one-sided game, and it had a one-sided score. Other fun notes from the weekend that was in college football. I don't know. Maybe this isn't a fun note. Uh, your old friend Lane Kiffin got plunked by a Titleist, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> At the Elotion Club, Ole Miss is getting ready to play in this tournament tomorrow, starting tomorrow. And they said uh, they were going to roll out some more Titleists for him because <laughs> the, he needed uh, more to go along with one that got him in uh, Neyland Stadium. What a game that was. Uh, it certainly didn't score the points that people thought it would, but it was one of those remarkable deals. And when it's fourth and 27 and the home team gets 26 and a half, you can understand where they're going to get a little disgruntled. Uh, obviously, we don't like to see that, but uh, Lane survived and so too did uh, the Rebs. Did I see P.J. Fleck jump into a cop's arms after Minnesota beat Nebraska? <laughs> Did you see the video of, of the exuberant Fleck jumping into his security man's arms? Fantastic stuff. That is fantastic stuff. They have been a heckle, uh, Jekyll and Hyde operation this year. They, they lost to Bowling Green. They, then they come back and beat Nebraska in this game that they need to win. But P.J. does a great job of uh, getting his guys ready to play. They've been hit with the injury bug, losing their top two running backs. But uh, I think the bigger story there is Scott Frost. How much more rope will the Nebraska faithful give him to get this thing turned? It's one thing to play hard, but we're talking about Nebraska. Nebraska, it's like Allen Iverson's. We're talking about practice. I mean, you, you have to. You have to. Find a way to win if you're at Nebraska. You can't go and lose at, at Minnesota and, and you know claim the Northwestern games evidence that things are right. This has got to get better and get better fast in Lincoln. I'm not sure the patience here in Seattle, Washington. Maybe we're not in Lincoln, Nebraska, but we're in Seattle, Washington, where the Huskies are losing football games and Jimmy Lake is losing his reputation amongst the faithful. Uh, purple and gold, they lost a a tough one to UCLA that has an assistant coach by the name of Neuheisel. Dylan Morris threw a late interception to salt the game away. I don't know how much more. Now, he was hired by Jen Cohen, so it's going to take Jen Cohen, I suppose, to cut the cord. How much more of this losing can Husky fans take, do you think? It's an interesting question. Uh, I don't think Jimmy Lake's in trouble. I think the guy who's in trouble is John Donovan, the offensive coordinator. Uh, this has been, you know, kind of a recipe for disaster. They have not turned the corner as an offense. They had the one kind of, you know, breakout game against Arkansas State. But since that time, it's been pretty consistent in the high teens, low 20s. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and you have to play better offense against all the different kinds of schemes that you're playing on a week-in, week-out basis. And right now, Dylan Morris is averaging you know, somewhere in the high 50%. It's not, it's not clicking. And again, last night was evidence of that, scoring 17 points against UCLA that gave up 38 to Arizona State. John Donovan's got to be scratching his head. Quarterback change? Potentially, but the problem is they really don't have the quarterback on the roster that's going to create the change in the offense that I think you need. Whenever things are going south, the best formula to fix things is to have an extra dimension with a dual-threat quarterback. And I don't see that in Sam Heward. You don't want to ruin Sam Heward uh, while you're putting this thing together. So I think you just kind of keep toying with formations and maybe tempo and things of that nature to try to get a jump start to this thing. You said last week on this show, Rick, that Caleb Williams should start a quarterback for Oklahoma. 
Well, he started a quarterback yes. for Oklahoma, and <laughs> I, he had. I should have picked Oklahoma. <laughs> Why didn't I just go with Oklahoma? <laughs> don't, don't even go there. Uh, four touchdowns. Uh, he had four touchdowns throwing. He had one running in a win over TCU. Nobody even remembers Spencer's last name anymore, even though he was the Heisman Trophy frontrunner to start the season. I, I'm assuming you're going to tell me he's going to transfer because he's got years left. I, I know of a program in Syracuse, New York, the Harvard of Central New York, that could use a, a transfer quarterback. Uh, should we assume that we're never going to see Spencer? This is an amazing thing. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure that you have the, the, uh, the evidence that it's happened before, but I don't remember – a guy going into the season as literally the number one college football player in America, and five weeks later or six weeks later, he's not even good enough to be the starting quarterback on his own football team. It, I, it, maybe it's maybe it's precedent. It seems unprecedented to me. It's it's a big college story. There's no question about it. I do not sit here as I'm thinking off the top of my head a parallel story. Uh, I'm sure it's happened. I'll work harder to do more research, (laughs) but uh, Caleb Williams is Patrick Mahomes. When you watch him play, he is Patrick Mahomes with the ability to take off and run and make the play that isn't scripted. There's enough great scripted stuff, but if you have enough of the quarterback run game, it requires the defense to pick closer to the line of scrimmage. It's what we're seeing with Lamar Jackson. You have to take him out as a runner, and in so doing, you create passing opportunities over the top of you, and therein lies where they're getting you. And Spencer Rattler wasn't doing that. He was, you know, staying back. He was doing fine in the percentage standpoint. The Huskies would love to have Spencer Rattler at 75%, but but the problem was they weren't getting any of the rush juice that goes with it. And because of the seven, you're not getting people can stay back and the 75% for a much lesser average per attempt. And that's what Caleb Williams is doing. He has been remarkable. I think Rattler, given the stuff that's going on around him, I think, and, and the fact that he's already played four games, there's nowhere for him to go, is going to you know, listen to those close to him and say, listen, you've got to be a good teammate the rest of the way. But there is no question in my mind Spencer Rattler will be transferring by at the end of the year if he doesn't just say, I'm going yeah. to the NFL. Yeah. It would be wiser for him to go and transfer and get himself back into a first-round grade. So he becomes Jalen Hurts. Exactly. Jalen Hurts got supplanted by Tua Tunga Bailoa. He ends up staying in there being a good teammate. He's congratulating everybody at the end of the year. And he goes, as a matter of fact, had to come off the bench and save the SEC championship game by going five for five on third downs in that game against Georgia in Atlanta. And he ends up transferring to Oklahoma and is a second-round pick, and now he's starting for the Philadelphia Eagles. That doesn't sound so bad for Spencer Rattler. But he has to fix this image of him. It's all about him and not about the team. Can he go somewhere immediately and play next year, Spencer Rattler? Yes. Okay. Yes, because he he can go to the portal. You get a one-time exception. He hasn't transferred yet. This is the first quarterback Lincoln Riley's had there that – that didn't transfer in. Uh, he he came in as a recruit, as did Caleb Williams. Yeah, but uh, but this but this is going to be an opportunity for him to go somewhere, and there will be a long line saying we got a spot for you, son. Okay, Rick Neuheisel, my crash helmet is on. You have literally missed every single pick this season. I will tell you so that you don't feel so bad that I put equal amounts of money last week on Florida minus thirteen as I did 
picking Alabama. I told you I'm going to pick Alabama every single week. They won by 40. So those two bets canceled one another. So the Levy family has still got its their noses above water, but barely, just just barely. We are hanging on to our to our last prayer. So you need to come up with one here. This is starting to get ridiculous. Not starting to get ridiculous. This is ridiculous. You need to come up with something here. When I when I looked at the uh, the picks a week ago, yes, and I looked at the how teams were faring against the line. Clemson came off as an O and five team against the line. Now, as you'll recall, they played your beloved Syracuse Orange over the weekend. They did on Friday night. Found a way to win the game as Syracuse butchered the clock drive <laughs> at the end of the game. Butchered it. Spencer Rattler's not going to do that next year, so don't worry about it. Next year, we're going <laughs> to okay. be in good shape. Okay. okay. But they end, up, they end up not not winning, but but they certainly cover what was a 13-point line. Yes. That means now Clemson is 0-6. Yes. But the, the, whatever the reason, the odds makers love Clemson. This week, they are favored over Pitt. Kenny Pickett's Pitt, Pat Narduzzi's Pitt Panthers, who are atop the Coastal and have played beautifully, minus the one blemish defensively against Western Michigan. They are unscathed in the, in the conference. I'm gonna, and they are a three-point underdog at home to Clemson. I am taking Pitt. I am taking Pitt over Clemson. I've seen enough of Clemson to know offensively they're struggling. It's not going to change anytime soon. I'm taking Kenny Pickett, the uh, uh, super senior uh, quarterback for the Panthers, and I'm going to say at home they're going to knock off Clemson. And they and you get a field goal to go along with it. So, Rick, we are now betting Pittsburgh, the same Pittsburgh team that we bet Georgia Tech against a couple of weeks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. But Pitt has proven themselves. They beat. They were. They were comfortable against Virginia Tech. Yeah. Uh, in the Hokies' home lair in Blacksburg, Ender Sandman had no impact on them. Right. This is a Pitt team that's going to take care of the Tigers. What I also recall is Rick Neuheisel, the the episode just before the Pitt Georgia Tech game, saying, "How in the world <laughs> is Pitt favored?" In Atlanta, again, I don't see it. I don't see how Pittsburgh could be favored in that game. I remember that as well, those those, those words from Rick Duisel. So, okay. That is right after Georgia Tech <laughs> boat race, North Carolina, and took Clemson to the bitter end okay. of a game. I'm sitting right. here going, what in the heck is going on? Okay. The world's topsy-turvy, which are why my picks are <laughs> awry, but no longer. Okay. No longer. Okay. So we're taking Pittsburgh and the points to win at home against Dabo and Clemson. Yes? Yes, that's what we're doing. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Neuheisel brought to you by Taco Time Northwest, at least for now. Uh, Hopefully it'll be brought to you by Taco Time Northwest a week from now on uh, Mitchell. Enjoy your son. Enjoy the golf. Travel back to New York safe, and we'll talk to you next week at this time. Look forward to it, Mitch. Apologize (laughs) profusely. (laughs) If you've listened to Mitch Unfiltered, Then you know, you know by now that Jordan Flowers and his squad has changed teams to cross-country mortgage, which means even better opportunities 
at your fingertips. And here he is, Jay Flo himself, Jordan Flowers. How are you, Jordan? Hey, I'm doing great, Mitch. Thank you so much. It's been a fun and active summer with this transition. I've talked to so many of your patrons and listeners that have followed us and been able to connect with us since we left. But uh, we are just learning so much more about this company than we even knew as far as products and what we're able to offer our clients and quick closings. And it's been phenomenal. Give us an example. You and I were talking before we started to record. Give me an example of something that you can do now, a product that's at your fingertips now that wasn't there with the other guys. Yeah, um, we have a construction to perm product that has really been hard to get just for anybody locally. Banks have backed out on true custom construction loans. Most independent mortgage bankers don't have it. And we have it here. And it's one of the best I've seen since the early 2000s. I was talking to the head of the construction department just yesterday on a $1.4 million deal in Montana. And there are some really fantastic, unique things about our product that really Really make buying that lot and building that dream home a reality for people, including being able to finance in your payments during a construction so you don't ever have to make a payment during construction. It just gets accounted to the actual loan balance, as well as a lot of the issues tend to come down to draw requests with builders and getting their subcontractors paid quickly. Mm-hmm. We pay out based off the budgeted line item on the proposal versus having to submit invoices and receipts and then go through the process of paying out so a lot of great things here and you roll straight into a permanent 30-year fixed in the three to three and a quarter range right now so fantastic 30-year fix for it and if you're just in the market to refinance and and get better numbers on your current 30-year fix what are they and why would people that are sitting around with four percent interest rates why are they not making the call to you or somebody like you to explore their options well if they're sitting in the high threes or above four they've probably heard maybe i talked to your patrons too long maybe who knows (laughs) but it's a fantastic time to refinance and rates are still in the mid to upper twos to low threes depending on your situation and it's a great time to tap into equity in the home if you've been putting off those home projects or you're wanting to go on a trip or invest or just have money ready to put into this crazy market and i implore everybody to give me a call if you're thinking about refinancing mid threes or above even low threes depending and you want to shorten the term Mm -hmm. it's just the time to do it and the fed came out and said that they're going to maybe start tapering here soon, which could have impact on mortgage-backed securities and interest rates, so it's the time to do it. Phone number. You can always reach me on the cell, 425-890-2957. 425-890-2957. That's uh, Jordan Flowers and his team now, the Kirkland office of Cross Country Mortgage, great partners of Mitch Unfiltered. Unfiltered. A super fan of the Kansas City Chiefs got knocked out cold during oh, Sunday's no. game. I hate this. Watch as another Chiefs fan punches the super fan. Oh, no, 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 known no. Known as X-Factor. He goes down oh, and no. rolls down the stairs. Some sheriffs came and helped X-Factor back up the stairs. The scuffle was reportedly over a bottle of water that was thrown at oh, the no. fan. Oh, no, no, See, I'm more upset about this than the sex in the bathroom. Absolutely. Totally this is agree. horrific. Somebody could die if their head hit People the People have died, what? Sam. Well, we've been talking a bunch about the apparent uptick in stadium fights and the crowd. I just don't get it. Somebody needs to explain it to me. Maybe our next guest can do that. He's been a Kansas City Chiefs super fan for a long, long time. But apparently, that run is coming to an end 
Ty Roten, otherwise known as X Factor in Kansas City, joins us on Mitch Unfiltered. Hi, Ty. Hi, Mitch. How are you doing, buddy? We're doing okay. And as we record this, where do we find you? Tell our audience where you are as we record this. Uh, I'm in Washington, D.C., awaiting our 12 o'clock Eastern game against the team that has no name. (laughs) So you've made the trip from Kansas City to our nation's capital to see the Chiefs game against the Washington football team. And all of this comes a few days or a week after. What the hell happened? Explain to me. Take me through what happened on Sunday night with the Bills-Chiefs game for you. Um, I had an old apprentice um, that, like, I made famous like 18 years ago. Well, longer than that. Um, And um, gave him a name and um, everything. And then he slept with the mother of my child behind my back a bunch of times. And I found out and I kicked him out. And my charity organization, I took away his seats. I took away his fame. I took away everything. And so for the last 18 years, he's been coming after me. What do you mean he was your apprentice? What does that mean he was your apprentice, Ty? So... He wasn't dressing up, but he wanted to be a super fan. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that he had a Chiefs tattoo on the back of his head, uh, Arrowhead, and then one clear across his whole back. And I thought that was pretty special fandom. Uh (laughs) Uh I came across him at Arrowhead. So I said, hey, let's paint around your tattoos, paint your body all red, You, you know, uh, Batman needs a Robin, you know. Um, so, you know, uh, X Factor. Let's let's call you Red Extreme, and and have you wear nothing but red. So you brought him and, into the super fan world. You brought him in, correct. Ty. And then he turned correct. on you. He turned on you. He did these horrible things, and then it culminated on Sunday night. There's video that's making the rounds. I guess maybe it's been removed. Millions of people have watched it. I, I haven't seen much of it. All I've seen is I think you rolling around on the stairs. What happened on Sunday night? So I went into a section, two sections where I've sat for 24 years because I wanted to see a guy and his kid that um, they parked on the wrong side of the stadium from me and we just couldn't connect before the game. So I was walking down their seat and all of a sudden Red Extreme come charging up the stairs at me. I'd just taken pictures with fans and stuff. And he deboed me like in the movie Friday, one punch and I was out. Oh. Uh, so soul stars. Um, there's an eight second video that it had over 2 million hits on Twitter before they took it down after a day. Um, and um, so anyways, I, in the video, he hits me so hard, knocks my hat off. I go knocked out, see stars, and go rolling down the stairs at Arrowhead. Um, in the process, I fell onto the concrete stairs, the corner of it, and broke four ribs. Oh, my um, God. Oh, my God. So I guess the idea here is, or the question is, was it unprovoked? Everybody is saying that you threw a bottle of water at him or at his wife or something like that. You're saying that didn't happen? It's a he said, that she did. said? He said, she said thing. 
He's got a lot of friends uh, um, around him over there. They're making up a story to cover it up. Well, why, why, why are Chiefs fans? Why are any fans, especially fans of of the same team, Ty? This is, uh, you know, this is yeah. what I don't understand. It, it, first of all, do you agree that ever since the pandemic, there's more and more fighting in stadiums than ever before? Maybe you would just say, no, it's the same, except we're seeing it all now on social media. First of all, do you feel like there's an uptick in the fighting? And why are people fighting? Is this alcohol-induced? What's going on? Yeah, alcohol-induced is the number one reason. And usually there's a woman involved. Um, You know, it's... Is there more fighting? I, I've been to every Chiefs game at Arrowhead for 32 years. No, there's not more fighting. The difference is is everybody's got a mobile device that's super easy to record now. I see. But if you think about it, like, it's really the ratio. There's not that many of them because, you know, you see a couple fights a year. Um, you know, security comes and takes them out and stuff. But if you go to a bar on a Friday or Saturday night, typically you see a fight or two, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, this is 80,000 people and drinking all day. And, you know, you throw in the the magic potion of opposing fans in there. But typically it's not opposing fans that fight. It's the same team fans Why? that fight. Why? Why? Um, they're just idiots, <laughs> you know. But, just, Why does he think that you threw bo- a bottle of water at him? Why do other people in the in the area think that you threw a bottle a bottle of water at him? Well, because somebody probably did throw a bottle of water oh, at him. I guess he was on top of his seat, getting the crowd going loud. Yeah, stuff, and the, the the bottle hit him after he come off his seat. I see. Um, and then splashed his wife or whatever. Um, he turned around and he just saw me. So who's number one guilty guy? I see. Yeah. You get a letter from the Chiefs a couple of days later saying that your season tickets have been revoked. You've been to every game for 32 years. Here I am talking to yep. you in Washington, D.C. You've traveled all the way to Washington to see the Chiefs play the Washington football team. And you get the letter. Why? Did they have surveillance video? What What makes the Chiefs come down hard on you? Have they revoked the other guys' season tickets as well? Yes, I found out they did. Um, oh. You know, I, I guess there's just zero tolerance and and not investigating. I've, I've got the media already going crazy. Like, I'm on the Fox News today. If you go to their website, I'm like the top article of the day. So there's going to be pressure put on by the media I'm also going to get lawyers involved um, because I had turned this guy in literally like 30 times for attempting to, you know, like intimidate me. He never threw a punch in the last 18 years, but he finally did, you know, but I'm the one that takes a punch. I'm the one with four broken ribs and broken teeth and I get evicted too. Hmm. Um, That don't make no sense. They're saying it's because, I went down the wrong section. So what? Fans go down the wrong section every time, every game. Oh, oh. They don't get punched. Oh. So, Ty, they, they said that uh, the letter said that there's been a pattern of bad behavior. Have you been warned before? I, I guess. I, don't ever, I never got nothing in the mail like this, an email or nothing. And 
the date they gave, I'd actually relapsed that year. There wasn't even a game the day they gave me. So I don't know what happened back then. I don't remember. That's four years ago. So I'm going to find that out, too, is why why there's something that I'd been warned about. So I don't know what that was. It just, you know, we, we, we are up here in Seattle. We've got good fans. We've got super fans. I don't know anything about the life of a super fan. All I am is a guy who, who just, you know, cheers for the Seahawks when I go to the football games. You would, yeah. you would imagine that the relationship between an organization and a guy like you or the other guy who dress up and get the crowd going and, you know, break sound records and all that stuff, you would think that the relationship between you and the organization is a good one, that they would be thrilled to have guys like you. And I, the, 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 picture, yeah. the, the picture that I'm getting when I read all this, of course, I'm not in Kansas City, and I don't know the true story. You know the real story. I don't know the real story. The, the, I, it almost feels like it's a, there's animosity between you and the organization and super fans and organizations. Can you explain that to me? Uh, yeah, I don't get it. So... You know, yeah, I I got inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2003 at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, when you guys went for the Guinness World Records, that was Cannonball, um, a good super fan buddy of mine up there in Seattle, and Mr. and Mrs. Seahawk um, that organized all that. Um, that was the neatest thing. I actually got Guinness coming to Arrowhead before the Chiefs even knew knew about it and I worked hands on for two years with Jane Martin who I got the letter from which I talked to on a daily basis not a daily but all the time and I I almost got attacked by Red Extreme's best friend Dan Mars two weeks ago at the Chargers game and I called her and told her and she said my only recourse was to go through the cops well what good does that do you know there's not a whole lot of cops there. I need the Chiefs involved, you know. Yeah. And, you know, because you're going to a football game, so you should feel protected, like your life's not in danger. But mine is. And the guy two weeks ago said, I'm going to kill you. Well, Red Extreme had the look on his face the other night that he was going to kill me. It's not any fun anymore. But, yeah, where's the respect from the organization? Because I made them probably millions of dollars the last 32 years uh, bringing fans to them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I do charity work all the time. I always, it doesn't matter how bad the team is or what stupid decisions they're making. I always take the high road and support them. I give them nothing but good PR and I'm a game day experience now. So being X factor for 24 years, Fans from all over the world come to see me, you know, at a game. They call me. They track me down, and especially now with the COVID because they can't access the players. I'm like the only thing that, from the organization that they get to meet, you know, especially kids and stuff. So pictures and autographs, all that good stuff. So, mm. yeah, they, they took that away. And I had another super fan buddy that who was – the guy that mentored me, Arrow Man, after 42 <laughs> years, they told him he couldn't come back. Why? Um, well, be- I don't because it's because we are getting all this pressure from the white extreme, you know, Janes that sit at home. 
about Native American oh. culture. Oh, and okay, and okay. so he yeah. would wear like when we play you guys, uh, he'd wear a Seahawk jersey, Russell Wilson jersey, and he'd have arrows sticking all over it. It was hilarious, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But they banned him because it's offensive and it's a Native American. And I go, so basically you're saying, because all the Native American about him is the arrowhead. And I go, so you're going to ban every fan that walks in the stadium that's got an arrowhead on their hat, jersey, or whatever. And they're like, no. And I go, well, then you got to be protesting against, like, cavemen and the Romans and all <laughs> them that used arrowheads before Indians did. Oh, um, because, yeah, that's all Arrow Man is, is and stuff. And they they said their official stance was it was offensive to opposing teams. And I saw literally the last 32 years thousands upon thousands of opposing fans want their pitcher with Arrow Man. In less than a calendar year, they have got rid of the number one fan, the super fan, Arrow Man, 42 years, and now me being the second longest tenured super fan um, and probably the most known because of my name and everything, 32 years. So there's 74 years of experience of super fans that they just kicked out of their stadium. And they also kicked the other, and they kicked the other guy who threw the punch out of the stadium. So that's it. As we... As we wrap this up, Ty, um, as we speak here, that's it. You, 32 years in a row of going to games. You, are you prepared to sit at home and watch the games on TV? Or are you going to try to sneak in a different way? I mean, you don't have to wear, I guess, your, your, your outfit. You could just go in as a normal Joe and maybe nobody would see you. How are you going yeah. to handle Chiefs home games from here on, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to do the parking lot deal. That I got two reality shows um, that are in the works. We've actually got pilots done for them. So I'm actually dressing up uh, an army 25 year old kid that kind of looks like Patrick Mahomes. He's going to wear the X Factor. He sits in a section not far from me, so he's going to wear the outfit. He's going to take over the X factor at the stadium. Um, I'm going to have a film crew pretty close to him. And I've got a couple other apprentice super fans that are but, new that are starting underneath but, me. I'm going to have them go with him. You know, and I, I'm going to just give them advice. But, you know? but, but what about you watching the game? Where are you going to watch the game, the next Chiefs home game? Yeah, there's a probably pretty good chance that I'm not going to watch it inside the stadium. So... <laughs> There's a lot of guys that, uh, you know, they throw enormous tailgates and then they just, Watch during it. the game, they turn on the TV I and see. sit there and drink beer and eat the leftovers, you know, and. Okay and watch all the games. I think that's probably what I'll do okay. just hang out in the parking lot with those guys. In my last 20 seconds, Ty, are the Chiefs in trouble? They're, they're, not, play, they're not playing the football that we have grown accustomed to watching, and Mahomes is turning yeah. the ball over. I, I can't imagine how many turnovers he's had in the last two or three games. Are the, yeah, are the he, Chiefs? He don't do that at all, ever. He's, he's pressing too much because this defense is legendary bad. Yeah. You know, the Ram, the Rams' um, legendary offense, you know, the greatest show on turf, 
averaged um, six yards a play. This defense has given up seven yards a play. Mm. That's bad. That's bad. So Mahomes, Mahomes is back to his second year where he literally has to score a touchdown every time he has the ball yeah. if we got a chance to win. Well, Ty, I, um, I appreciate you coming on the show and explaining to me What's going on? All I can tell you is, as just an older guy who likes to watch football and hopes that everybody just can get along, seeing all these fights in stadiums and outside of stadiums at baseball games and basketball games, football stadiums, it's, it's disheartening to me. We all, love the, uh, we all love the sport. We all love the product. And I, I can't imagine that we all can't just get along and go watch a football game. So I, I'm disappointed. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, this will be my 102nd away game. I've never had an incident where I felt like I was going to get punched at a away game. You know, and I've been to Oakland five times as a Chiefs fan, as an X-Factor. Um, you know, you just don't feel that when you go to a football game. You're there to get away from the world, all the distractions, especially COVID and all this political nonsense. Um, the problem is, is that the our government's got so many of the really, you know, loyal fans scared, you know, especially the older ones. I, I, they don't want to go around 80,000 people, you know, a chance of getting COVID or whatever. Um, so we're getting a new breed of fans and, you know, they're young, dumb, and they come to fight. Um, (laughs) Ty, thank you so very much. I appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy your trip to the nation's capital and we'll talk to you down the line. Be well, my friend. You be well too. I really appreciate the opportunity to get my word out and God bless you. And, you know, good luck this year. Maybe one of these days we'll play in the Super Bowl. Hey, let's catch up with Dan Black, the president of Zeke's Pizza. Dan, what's this I'm hearing about boys' trips to Wrigley Field, Soldier Field, the big house at uh, Ann Arbor? What happened? Yep, I'm doing my homework for you this fall, Mitch. I did a bunch of sports stuff. I went to yeah, I went to Wrigley, saw the Cardinals play the Cubs, saw Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Soldier Field in Chicago. That was cool, but the big house was a treat too. Went and saw the Huskies play. News for you: Huskies aren't very good. Uh, that's what your listeners are here for—is a bunch of Captain Obvious sports analysis from the pizza guy. Yeah. What was the best fan experience of the three? The big house was really cool. I had been to Wrigley Field and Soldier Field before, and so the big house was new, and it, it lived up to the billing for sure. Fall means football season. Tell me about the Black family go-to order. Does it change in the fall? Yeah, you know, we we get a lot of pizza delivered this time of year for football games like most people, and we, we do the Zeke's football pies. We do Legion of Shroom and Beast Mode. They're both really good. Nice. And how about a beer? That you've been downing recently. Yeah, you know, it's fresh hop season, and we've talked about those before. So they're harvesting hops down in Yakima this time of year. And so a lot of the brewers do fresh hop, particularly IPAs. And we got fresh hop versions of two of the famous Zeke's beers going right now. So I've been ordering Zeke and Destroy and Lateral A. Both are really good. Nice. Download the Zeke's Pizza app. The Levy family's been using the heck out of the Zeke's Pizza app lately. And get some fresh pizza, some great beers, some salads delivered right to your door. Zeke's Pizza continues to be a great partner of Mitch Unfiltered, homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered.
Other Stuff segment, episode 163, Hot Shots, Scott. Yes. The Huskies, do we have to talk about them? No. Okay. They I, just keep losing. I mean, I, like I said, I, I got home and I, I already know they lost because my friends on the thread and Twitter, yeah. everyone's killing them. And yeah. we got to fire everybody and get scorched earth. Am, am I really going to sit down and burn through a three-hour <sighs> game that I know they lost? Did you? Or I'm gonna, am I going to watch the new Halloween Kills movie? Did you? I did watch the new Halloween Kills movie. <laughs> it was awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, did you watch any of the dogs? I no. watched like the last. I, I wanted to see how they lost. I, I saw the interception. You saw the interception yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's rough. It's yeah, a rough it's one. just not good over there. Does it feel well? Nah. It's just not good. It's not good. I watched the game. I was in and out. I was being a dad. Yeah. So I wasn't paying as close attention as I normally would. But yeah. it just—it's just not good. Not good over there. Uh, this coaching staff is not going to make it. They can keep it if they want to. They can get rid of the offensive coordinator. They can get rid of the head coach. They might be able to get rid of the—I don't know—the athletic director. I don't know. It's that serious. Well, athletic they, director. It's not going to work out. I'm just uh, again. I, then again, I thought that the Seahawks at 14 nothing down in the, at, at the yeah, end of the first half, there was no chance that they could even make the game competitive, yeah. and we saw what happened. So what do I know? Well, that's a bigger I have the size. same feeling about the Huskies yeah. as I did about the Seahawks <laughs> at halftime. Yeah. That I don't know how long they're going to go with Jimmy Lake and his staff, but no. In over their skis. Yeah. Wrong coaching staff. I don't know what they're going to do in recruiting. <laughs> I don't know if Jen Cohen – Wants to fire somebody that she hires so quickly. I, yeah. I'm not saying that a, that a firing or a dismissal is imminent. I'm mm. just telling you, it feels to me from the outside, and I'm certainly not on the inside, that this thing is going nowhere with the current regime. Okay. That's what I think. It's part of me feels sad when I'm looking at the game and I see the fans because you know, it was a tie game for a while there, and the fans are going crazy. And I know people tailgate, and they get there five hours early, and they're spending money, and then you just yeah. get to go watch that horse shit. And I just feel sorry for the I, fans. I, I happen to think, and I know that they're not great at quarterback, and, and, and that makes a, the world a difference. Yeah. It feels like they've got enough talent on the team outside of maybe that position. Huh. It feels like that they compare favorably, if you went position by position, talent for talent, they've got enough talent to be winning, winning football games. Okay. And so I ask, so, so why aren't they? Right. Now, maybe you'd say quarterbacking, okay. Maybe you'd say offensive coordinating, okay. Maybe it's a entire coaching staff. Okay, I, 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 the inevitable is that they're going to have to change. Yeah, and do, that's do they have the balls to change now? No, probably not. Nah, nah. Will they have the balls to change at the end of the season? Probably not. My guess is they're going to give Jimmy Lake another year. Oh, you think so? Well, he's only what a year, and I mean, that last, does last year even count? Right. Yeah. Was it four games or something, or like played 16? no games? Yeah. But I, I don't see it. I don't see it. <sighs> I don't a- see it changing anytime soon. I could be wrong. Again, I was wrong about the Seahawks at halftime, so I could be wrong about this. But again, you have a bit a bigger sample size, I think, with the Huskies Probably. than you do. Probably. It makes a little more sense. Now I'm excited about the Kraken. There you if go. If you want to talk about something that's going, I think, fairly well. They've played sure. three games as of, as of this recording, and I don't know. I need a hockey person to tell me. what. Well, okay, I'm going to tell you the results. You tell me their record. Okay? <laughs> me? Okay. They, they lost the first game. 0-1. They won the second game. One and one. This is easy. See you later, Charlie. And they lost the third game. Oh, easy. What's the record? One and two. I don't think so. Really? (laughs) Hockey. You don't think it is? When you go to the standings, it does not say one and two. Oh, it doesn't? No. Oh, okay. Because the only thing apparently that matters in hockey is points. That's the only thing that matters. Only. And you know how you get a point? Score a goal. Get a win. You get a win, you get two points. Okay. 
You get a loss. Yeah. You get zero points. Okay. But if you lose, I'm going to lose you. If you lose in overtime. Yeah. You get a point. If you lose. So a loss in overtime is not like a loss in regulation. A loss in regulation is a loss. A loss in overtime. They have an actual in the standings. I know people are giggling at my, my lack of hockey knowledge. In the standings, they actually have win, W, L, and then OTL, overtime losses. Because overtime losses get you a point. So they have three points. They have a win, a loss, and an overtime loss. And what it looks like in the standings is 1-1-1 one, one, and one, as opposed to 1-2. and two. Did that make any kind of sense to you? Yeah, you sort of get rewarded for, lo- for at least making it to overtime, even if you lose. Yes, unless you do one thing in overtime. This is a true story, and I... I'm guessing that there's even people in our audience that doesn't know that. Okay, go on. If you go to overtime and you pull your goalie. Yeah. So, you know, it's the first first team to score in overtime. Sudden death, right? And you also know, maybe you don't know, they go to three on three. I didn't know So they open up the ice and they go to three on three. Good idea. You're allowed to always pull a goalie. Yeah. If you pull a goalie in overtime to have a, a man advantage and you leave your goal and the other team scores in an empty net variety in yeah. overtime... You don't get the point for an overtime loss. Oh, this is the true story. I, I swear I read this. Do you understand what I just said? Yeah, but it's just bizarre. Did I just teach you anything? Yeah, you did actually. So I think I taught you that you get a point for an overtime loss. Yeah. I think I taught you that you go to three on three in overtime before you go to the shootout. If the, if the overtime ends okay. in a tie, you go to a shootout, but you go three on three first. First goal wins. If you lose in a standard way in overtime, you get a point. The other team gets two points that beat you in overtime. Okay. So the other night, when the Kraken lost in overtime, the team that they lost to, the Columbus team, they got two. The Kraken got one because they lost in overtime, but they didn't pull the goalie. If you pull the goalie and you go to a man advantage and yeah. they score and you lose, you're, you're rolling the dice and you lose on an empty net variety, you lose that point. I, I, and, 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 I'll, and, I'll, and I'll end with this. Thank God. If the se- <laughs> if the season ended today. Oh, no, stop. Yes. Which it doesn't, and it's stupid to even talk about, your Seattle Kraken would have made the playoffs Come in the Western on. Conference. <laughs> Three games in, they would have. Do you know how they decide? Do you know how many teams oh, make the God. playoffs? I was thinking if the Seahawks don't make the playoffs, I don't have to hear Mr. <laughs> Postseason horseshit anymore. Oh, no, no, you're going to hear it. Oh, you're God. Hear it. It's, okay. It's Mr. NHL playoffs. Okay, good. I can't wait. Do Go you ahead. know how many teams in each conference make the playoffs? I don't. Eight in each conference. Okay. Do you know how they decide which eight teams in each conference make the playoffs? Best record. Pretty much. They have two divisions. Yeah. They take the top three of each division. That's okay. six. Yep. And then they take two wild card teams from the remaining teams in the conference. Next best records, no matter what Next best division records. you're in. Okay. And right now in the Pacific Division, why do I go to Marv? Well, in the for years. Pacific Division, the Kraken are number two in the Pacific, or tied for second in Look the Pacific Division. So they would be in the playoffs the season ended. Look tonight. at the Kraken. Yeah. People seem to be still fired up for it, though. It's fun to read Twitter. Yeah, people, yeah, are, oh, people are loving it, man. Still fired up? It's only yeah. three games in. Yes. Yes. I have not really sat down and watched a full game. I've seen some clips and some highlights. I'm going to do it. You are. I'm going to teach myself the sport if it's the last thing I do. I wonder if, does it feel like football's kind of dead in Seattle a little bit? I mean, we're talking Kraken. There you go. That's exactly well, right. Well, the Kraken, I know the, I heard this on the, the stupid text thread I'm on. The Kraken and the Sounders play this week, so everyone's all excited. There you go. No football for the, you know, for the Seattle area, but you got the Kraken and the you Sounders got the this week. Yeah. Kraken and the Sounders. I'm not much of a Sounders guy, but I think I could become a Kraken guy. You know, I'm going to start learning the game. I think that thing about three on three, yeah. that'd be kind of cool if they did that in soccer. 
like in, in overtime. Yeah. Like, get, get your five best and go five on five. Right? That would kind of make it a little more exciting, I think. But anyway. Now, remember, you and I don't know hockey. Correct. So my guess is that there are hockey, not historians. What's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Somebody who's a hockey. A purist or expert? Yeah, yes, purist. yes, a purist. Okay. I'm sure there are hockey purists that would say the three-on-three three sucks. Yeah, probably. Because it's not real hockey. Right. They might say what I would say about baseball putting a guy on second in, in extra innings. Yeah, it's very little league. It has it has a yeah it has a phony feel to There's it. It's not real, ba- it. yeah, hokiness to it. Yeah. So while I love the three on three because I don't know hockey, <laughs> right. And you love the three on three <laughs> yeah. because you don't know hockey. Yeah. The people that know hockey and love hockey probably hate. And I'm just speaking for I don't know if I'm right or wrong about yeah, this. Yeah. The people who love hockey probably hate that. I can see that because it's not real hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not. So, it's not what you just play. It for opens the up the game. ice. It's exciting. See, I would say let's do the whole game that way. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so Pierce wouldn't. Yeah. So go ahead. I have I have some other stuff like the best tweet I've ever seen, and I've got some other stories that interest me. But you go first. Your you buddy Hideki Matsuyama. Yes, I know him well. Bloodying people on the on the golf course. What did he do? I don't know if you saw a fan had to spend a day in the hospital with a bloody head injury over the weekend, and your buddy Hideki couldn't keep a, a drive straight. Ugh. Cracked the guy. He's playing in the 2021 Shriners Children's Open in Las Vegas. Yeah. And the 16th hole of his second round on Friday, he cranked a drive that went way right. And you can see in the footage of the shot, it was so far from the fairway, it accidentally crash landed into a fan's head, knocking the guy to the ground. And the guy's leaning up against a tree with a shirt, like a white, uh, out of his way. But you can see the blood. Blood coming down. Pouring down. I mean, you know, head injuries, they bleed like yeah. crazy anyway. Of course. And pro wrestlers, I've known that for years when they cut themselves. <laughs> it looks like, you know, the biggest head injury ever. Heinz 57. And yeah, exactly. So he, so for all of his trouble, he signed a glove that said, sorry, and then gave it to him. But a glove for getting whacked in the head? I mean, good Hot Lord. shot. You apparently did not listen, which I don't blame you. You did not listen to the Seahawks note table this week for patrons because we started with Joe Fan uh-huh. and Brady Henderson with a story that had nothing to do with the Seahawks. Okay. Joe Fan started with a story this week about going out to the Vegas tournament last week. They played two weeks in Vegas in a row. Okay. He went out to the one last week, and Brooks Kepka. Hit him right in the back. He had a big welt on his back from a wow. Brooks Kepka drive. And Brooks Kepka came down. You think a glove is not a lot? Yeah. How about the fact that Brooks Kepka wouldn't even acknowledge Joe Fan? Everybody was saying, You just hit this guy. Really? You just hit this guy. Wouldn't Joe Fan was just trashing Brooks Kepka <laughs> on our show. Good for him. He wouldn't even say he wouldn't even say, sorry, are you okay? Yeah, sure. Ignored him. Well Ign- then I and, and Joe Fan showed on Twitter the uh, the big welt on his back from a Brooks Kepka drive. So. Probably hurt. It hurt. Yeah, heck yeah, it hurts. It hurt. There is a go. No, I wasn't gushing blood like the yeah, Hideki this guy. There's yeah. a GoFundMe page if anyone wants to look it up. He needs about really? fifteen grand to oh, really? for the hospital bills and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it could cost him around in the fifteen thousand. Well, dollars. Why doesn't Hideki so. Matsuyama? Pick well, up the bill. I mean, but again, you start opening up that. Everybody yeah. you hit now is going to want no. something. No. Yeah. No wonder Kepka kept yeah. walking. Yeah. Yeah. So. He's expected to make a full recovery. Okay. There you go. Yeah. You want some senior citizen fights? I know you love the old people. <laughs> now, this, this, this isn't like this. This isn't really? punching. All right. So we know there's no love loss between George Takei and William Shatner. I don't know if you know that. No, I don't know that. From their Star Trek days 50 no years idea. ago. I know the two guys. I know yeah. that William Shatner went up with uh, Jeff Bezos the other day. And Takei took a shot at him. He did. Took a shot at his old buddy, yeah. yeah. He said he's just an old-timer who played lab rat for Jeff Bezos' latest jaunt to space. He also took a shot at Bill's weight, saying he wasn't really the healthiest specimen for the job, going on to call him unfit. But Captain Kirk's not having it. He fired back on Twitter. 
He said, don't hate George. The only time he gets press is when he talks bad about me. He claims 50 plus years ago, I took away a camera angle that denied him 30 more seconds of prime TV. <laughs> yeah, they don't What's like each the other. What's the problem with these two guys? They've always just not, I, I think Shatner probably had a huge ego and Takei just, it just always rubbed him the wrong way. Really? And yeah. That's too bad. So he, he said, I'm, I'm giving it back to him now by letting him spew his hatred for the world Shatner's to see. Shatner's like 90 years old. Can't we just get a, at 90? Can't... Can't we let bygones be bygones? Yeah, Takei, Is that the expression? Takei started it, and Takei's no spring chicken himself. I mean, he's probably okay, in his they're, 80s. They're, they're too old for this. Well, I'm kind of with you, but uh, Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney are going at it now, too. Really? Yeah, I mean, not going at it, but Paul McCartney, he recently said that the Stones, what did oh. he call them? He, he said the Stones are basically a blues cover band and that the Beatles were much better. Really? In 2021, Why he comes are we up, doing this? <laughs> I know. Can't so, we all just get along? The Stones played in L.A. over the weekend, I think it was, and so he's going through the crowd, Mick, and he's like, hey, Megan Fox is here, Lady Gaga, Leonardo oh. DiCaprio, and then he goes... Paul McCartney, he's going to join us later to play in our blues cover band. And like kind of took a little... Yeah, the old people are just... Forget it. They need to go to Hoco or something. Go to Maggiano's (laughs) pre-order. Right. Get themselves a suit. Take it back after you use it. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. Best tweet of all time. I I have no chance now, right? You don't. You have no chance. I still need to hear this. I just think it's very clever. Great. The, The most clever tweet I've ever seen. So do you know... That in college football on Saturday, the number two team in the country lost. Do you know that? I was watching it on my phone at uh, Phil Hendry, Phil Johnson, Phil Johnson Fields. Phil yes. Johnson Fields. I was watching. I couldn't Where the foul it. balls go up in the net yeah, and then right. they roll over that's to something cool. and it falls down. Yeah, you that's like that. That's kind of sweet. You like that. That's almost more fun to watch than the cockamamie oh, softball. That's cockamamie. <laughs> yes. Who was number two? Iowa. Okay, who'd they lose to? Purdue. Correct. At, was it close? It didn't feel close. 24-7, I think, was the final. Okay. So number two gets just manhandled by unranked Purdue. Yep. And it wasn't enough that Purdue beat Iowa, but Purdue, the official Purdue Boilermaker Athletic website, Twitter, has to throw a shot in there after the game. Of course. Why not? Do you know what they wrote? I don't. Hey, we beat the number two out of Iowa. (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) Sometimes those things are so creative. That's really impressive. We beat the number two out of Iowa. Now, it's, come on. Do I have to explain to you why that's like the most clever no. tweet I've ever heard? That's great. It was yes. fantastic. I couldn't buy. I, I was like, whoever came up with this. Yeah. It's fantastic. You got the right person running your, your Twitter account. We account beat the number two right out of Iowa. Love that. Come on. No, rubbing it in. No profanity in it. No. It's perfectly Double played. entendre. Oh, yes. You got the number two yep. legitimately. You got the number two in the bathroom. That's right. You got the whole thing going on. <laughs> That's great. Perfect. Best tweet I've ever seen. Nice work. There you go. Whoever's running that there Twitter you account. You could tell me, Mitch, it's a little, you're overrating it a little bit. There's been better tweets. I'm sure there have been. That's, that's creative. That, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't say that I remember any tweet that I liked better than that. You know, just words. I mean, there's people who tweet funny videos and right. clips and things you get a kick out of and yeah, you yeah. cry about. I saw a couple things that I cried about this week. But just just a, a quick, we beat the number two right out of Iowa. I wonder. Oh, I love that. I, I have to know, and it doesn't matter because it's still great, but was that in the can in case they won? Good question. I'm, I, I would love Good to question. know. we got to find out who runs See, that. you have to do this now. Now it's not going <laughs> to. No, I just Now I don't know. like it as much. Well, either way, it's brilliant. No, like, I think it's great. It's great. They we thought about the, that. We just beat the number two out of Iowa. Love it. 
Yeah. You know Katie Seagal by chance? Sure, of course I do. Married, Married with, with children, yeah. Well, yeah, she did some yeah. stuff since 1985 as well. Yeah. Um, she was clipped at a crosswalk by a Tesla who just didn't see her crossing it, and she got hit by this car and got As a pedestrian. Out. As a pedestrian, yeah. yeah. And uh, cops issued no citations and no arrests were made, but there are no drugs or alcohol involved. The incident remains under investigation. Looks like she's going to be okay, but you just read on, I think it was Friday, that Katie Seagal was hit by a car. You're like, uh, never good, right? Oh, uh, yeah. But, yeah, she's going to be okay in case yeah. anyone cares. Yeah. An application to obtain a passport is up for sale for $75,000. An application to, to obtain a passport? You know, just fill Somebody out. Somebody. Who do you think filled it out? You'll oh. never guess. Michael Joe Jackson was filling out an application for like a the passport. baseball player, <laughs> not the baseball player, the Mr. Thriller, the guy that did Thriller. Oh, Mike. Michael Jackson. I thought we were talking to Joe Jackson. Well, it says okay. it, on his passport or the application, Michael Joe Jackson. Michael Joe. Oh, Joseph. Yeah, because his father was Joseph. He right? named after his a-hole dad. Yes, yeah. for some reason. Yeah. 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 What so, do you mean for some reason? Right, just, just yeah. you have to put your stink on Michael. Just that guy was a jerk. I hated. I hated his dad. He seemed like a real a hole. Still alive? No, no, no. I think he passed away a few years ago. Okay. And he always had that really creepy, thin, like carnival yeah. barker mustache. <laughs> that, like, made him look even more evil for some reason. But anyway, included our four passport photos in the application of. It's weird to think Michael. By the way, Jackson, was his son evil? Who, Michael? Yeah, Joe's son, Michael Joe Jackson, was he evil? Depends on who you ask. Yeah, someone probably... No, I'm not asking... It does, doesn't depend on who I'm asking, because I'm asking you. Well, I, he was acquitted of everything, wasn't he? So, I mean, again, OJ was acquitted, too. It depends on who you ask. I'm asking you. Do I think he was evil? Yeah. I think he probably made some bad choices, but I don't know if he's evil. Okay. I think he was probably... Uh, yeah, he, he made some choices that, okay. that you shouldn't make in society is okay. what I'm guessing. But I okay. don't know about if I'd say evil. Anyway, right. you get four passport photos. So I just like the idea that Michael Jackson has to go get his picture taken at like a Rite Aid or something. For, <laughs> I don't know. Just the thought of that it kind of makes me laugh. And his profession is listed as entertainer. Of course he is. Of course he is, right? Yeah. Apparently, he lost his passport in the early 90s, and he had to fill out the app. for. Anyway, they wow. say it's going for $75,000 if you would like to buy that application. Hmm. Uh, Do you remember... Do you remember many, many years ago, we're going back 20 years ago on sports radio, there was a big debate and it was a golf debate, but it wasn't really a golf debate. It was a debate about whether Casey Martin, does that name mean anything to you? Yeah. What does the name Casey Martin mean to you? Casey Martin. Yes. Casey Martin was a, a teammate at Stanford, a golf teammate of Stanford okay. of Tiger Woods. Yeah. He is the current Oregon golf coach okay but in the years like 1998 99 2000 he was still playing and he had a, a very rare circulatory disease in his right leg i remember this debate like it was yesterday it was a huge debate yes should they let casey martin ride it was That's against right. all bylaws and all rules and the pga tour usga us open and he sued the pga he sued i think the usga as well hmm. because he couldn't walk the golf course and he was so good he was good enough with a bad leg a bum leg yeah. to be able to qualify for the pga tour but he couldn't walk golf courses right. so he had to sue them for the opportunity to be able to ride and he won Wow. And he, and, he, and he rode in the U.S. Open and he rode in some other tournaments before he didn't do much and then he quit and went off to be a golf coach. Okay. I bring him up because that story has now, I won't say come full circle, but the story has come to a very sad end, an end that he expected, as he says. He had his right leg amputated this past weekend uh, at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, that's tough. In many ways, he says, I exceeded what my doctors told me as a kid. 
I always felt that this would be my destiny. So while it's weird to be here now, about to become seriously disfigured, it's not unexpected. He earned his PGA Tour card in 2000. He uh, sued the PGA Tour back in 2000 to ride a cart. It went all the way, by the way, to the Supreme Court. The PGA Tour fought it. They came out looking really, really bad. Right. It went to the Supreme Court, ruled 7-2 to two in his favor. He had a circulatory disease in his right leg that uh, he couldn't – He couldn't. the way the fact that he could play to that high a standard was just amazing to yeah. begin with. We were yeah. blown away by it back then. It was a huge debate. I on, remember. On, you remember? Oh, yeah. Okay. Should he be able yeah. to, to – Should try, he be yeah. able to, yeah. Use a cart because yeah. no one else gets to. Yeah. yeah well, no, he I, lost that leg this week. Yeah. I bet, Sorry to give you the news. I remember hearing that, but it, it, I, I don't want to say I'm surprised he lost it, but I remember hearing it was really bad back then. Really bad. So in a way, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he hadn't had any major surgeries like that right, yet. So, right, right. Wow. That's why he's saying he beat the clock. He was supposed to probably lose it a lot long, yeah. long ago. Yeah. But anyway, and then the last few things I have, uh, a couple of uh, things worth watching if you haven't seen it. Uh, if you haven't seen the, the University of Louisville, surprising Lamar Jackson. It's making the rounds on social media, the video of them retiring his number. They brought him to Louisville and he thought he was doing a series of interviews for like a reunion. Okay. But he wasn't doing it. Was all a, it was all a put on ah. and they surprised him and had all of his, all of his coaches and friends oh. and family surprise him online and in person as they retired his number. So there's two numbers in the history of Louisville football. Oh, boy, here we go. There's two numbers <laughs> I'll never get that it. have been now retired or will be retired. Lamar Jackson is one, mm-hmm. and the number 16 of Johnny Unitas oh. is the other. Do we, love, do we love him? I mean, I was talking to him, uh, to Piper, about him this morning or Sunday morning as we were yeah. watching him play. Yeah. And he, I was just, we were just, he just seems like he's out there playing flag football. That's what he's doing. Sandlot football. Oh my gosh. I mean, they can't get a hand on him. And so she goes, well, he's that good, but is their team good? And what are they, five and one? Yeah, they're very good. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah, they beat the Chargers on Sunday pretty handily. Yeah. They beat a very good team. And I said to yeah. Piper, he seems like yeah. the, the greatest guy in the world. We were just talking about super him. Super sweet. Yeah. Super nice. And that video of him almost ramming into a park jet ski on the oh, beach. I almost, remember that. Oh, like, God. dude, calm it down, buddy. You're worth a lot of money. Save those right. legs. But right. yeah, we were just talking about him. Anyway, so I love ha- him. If you haven't seen the video, it'll bring a tear to your eye, the way they surprised him at Louisville. And then the other video that I want you to see, if you haven't seen it, on Thursday night when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, beat the – who'd they beat on Thursday night? Eagles? Yeah, they beat the yeah, Eagles yeah. on Thursday night. After the game – Leonard Fournette was doing an interview, the running back, okay. and just behind him, it just got caught on, on film because it was, behind, it was behind Fournette during the interview. Your old buddy from the University of Washington, Vita, Vita Vea, yeah, yeah. is trying to get his jersey and his shoulder pads off. <laughs> oh, no. He's, he's on the field. He's trying to, he's trying to you, know how they, you know how they exchange jerseys at the end? He's tr- and he gets stuck. Oh, I, I, I've been there. Oh, he's... And he's it's stuck. Awful. And now he doesn't think anybody's watching, but Fournette's <laughs> be, being interviewed, so the camera's catching yeah. him in the background. And this massive mountain of a man, he's yeah. totally – he can't get – He's like in a straitjacket. It's hysterical. Yeah. He can't get the helmet off. He, I mean, the shoulder pads off. He can't get the jersey off. People are coming over to him trying to pull. Oh. And, you know, he's like 500 pounds right. to begin with. Right, right, right. Hysterical video if you get a chance to see it. I've been there. Very good. I've been caught because you always wear a jersey that's too tight because yeah. you want it nice and tight. Yeah. But you can't get it off. And I, I've been – stuck before it's a bad feeling a, and he's enormous so imagine <laughs> him right it is so funny <laughs> i gotta go see that all right emmanuel tulo told the ap friday that he's been invited to meet president george way on monday different country uh-huh. he found 
$50,000 and returned every penny of it. And he's 18 years old. Wow. 18. And he also, he dropped out of school in the seventh grade to run a taxi service with his motorcycle to make money to help his family. So he's not a kid of me. His family don't come from means. He finds 50 grand, turns it in. And you took the guys five bucks on the way out of the Seahawks. I wanted to. I really wanted to get a couple ice cream cones on the way home. But the, the woman who, the businesswoman who lost the money yeah. literally went on the radio and started crying. Like, if anyone can find oh. this money, I need to please. Oh, and he did it. And he returned it. He did it. Now, she peeled we off. love him. She peeled off 1500 bucks for him. That was nice. Out of the 50 is that, is that Is that acceptable for you? Should it have uh, been more? Maybe a little more, but I'm, at least she did something for him, right? But yeah. anyway, he said he's going to help his family with that 1500 What I mean, how many 18-year-olds are going to turn in 50 Gs? That's a lot of money. Really nice. I would have said, you know what? I, I, I found 30, but I don't know what happened to the other 20 in my back pocket. No clue what happened <laughs> to the other 20. <laughs> Quick rest in peace, Ronnie Tut. You may not know the name, but no. the drummer for a guy named Elvis Presley, he oh. passed away. Oh. His wife Donna said Ronnie had a long-time heart condition and there was nothing more doctors could do. Says his body had just had enough. He made the rounds with some of the most famous musicians of the day, the Carpenters, who I'm sure you love. Roy Orbison. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Roy Orbison, Neil Diamond, Billy sure. Joel, love Jerry Garcia. Yes. He recorded with Johnny Cash, Glenn Campbell, Kenny wow. Rogers, Elvis Costello, Stevie Nicks, Michael McDonald. Like, wow, you got to do a, a musical <laughs> thing on him. A prodigious drummer. I mean, imagine being Elvis's drummer and being a, I really hope he like did a book or, I mean, the experiences that guy must have had, right? Crazy. So anyway, rest in peace to Ronnie Tut at 83 okay. years old. Okay. I got one final one, unless you have something you want to do. I got, it's your last one? Very last. The very last yep. one. Yeah, I got one more. Okay. You know that the, uh, the undefeated Cardinals beat the Browns in cool. Cleveland Boy, on Sunday, so I can't be drinking any champagne yep. for the Miami Dolphins 72. You know they did it without their coach? Cliff Kingsbury was not allowed to coach in the game. Did you know that? No. Yeah, he had tested positive for COVID, as had a rash of uh, front office people with the uh, the Cardinals, including the GM. So okay. no head coach. Team travels to Cleveland without their head coach, and they blow out a good Browns team. Well, now the question is, will a certain Washington State Cougar team oh. be without their head coach for a while, who is refusing to get a vaccine? Yep. And in the state of Washington, the deadline is coming this week. That's right. Where you have to be vaccinated or show proof of vaccination or he can't go to the practices and he can't go to the games. Nick Rolovich, head coach of the Washington State Cougar football team, four and three, yeah. is still without a vaccine and he's waiting for a special permission. He, I guess you're allowed to file for an exemption. Yeah. And he, uh, he filed for a religious exemption. Okay as to why he doesn't want the vaccine. Yeah. And if he, he he has not found out yet, if he doesn't find either, if he gets a no, yeah. or it's still on ice and he hasn't found out, starting Monday this week, Washington State is without its head coach indefinitely until either he gets permission to coach, wow. he gets a vaccine, or they relax the rules in Washington State, which I think is going to be a while. So Washington State football is now in a little bit of flux without their head coach. This is uncharted waters, right? Yes, it is. I mean, so let's say he doesn't get it. He can't go to practice. Does that mean he's fired? Does that mean you have to pay him? I'm just curious how this all is going to shake out. He's not fired. Okay. So I don't he, think, he gets I mean, paid. I, I suppose they could fire him, but he's not, they're not going to fire him. Um, I don't know how. I don't know the pay. I don't yeah. know how it works out. All I know is that the team would be without their head coach. Curious to see how this all shakes out. Your buddy Kyrie Irvin over the weekend, he was playing flag football with his buddies. Don't know if you saw that video or not. He refuses to get one, right? 
He's Seventeen out, million dollars later, yeah. he's out there playing flag football. Seven. Doesn't seem to be too bothered by it. No. All right, whatever. No. All right. Some people will go to great lengths for fashion, but one woman's choice of shorts wound up sending her to the hospital, and she shared her whole story on TikTok. Her name is Sam. She's twenty-five years old from North Carolina. She explained how she chose to wear some tight jean shorts on a full day date with a guy she recently met, just hanging out all day with some guy she just met. Yeah. She wrote on the clip that she had a wedgie for eight hours. But she didn't think much of it until the next day when she woke up with a really sore backside. As days went on, she felt more and more sick and eventually went to a doctor who gave her antibiotics for a possible skin infection on her rear. That didn't help in the next day. So she felt so bad she couldn't walk because of the stabbing pain in her butt. She went to the ER where she is admitted into the ICU with what doctors diagnosed as a bacterial skin infection called cellulitis. That led to life-threatening septic shock. Really? From, from a wedgie, yes. During her week in the Wait, ICU. This, this unraveled in a hurry. Yeah, well, right. You go from a wedgie I to I thought we were ICU. talking about it like a funny story, and all of a sudden you got a, a woman on her deathbed from well, a wedgie. During her week in the ICU, she was told she might not need the infected part of her butt. She, she, they might have to cut it off, the infected part. <laughs> but thankfully, it didn't come to that, though. She did have to show her tush to a bunch of physicians. Uh, However, she's still with the guy that she went on the date with. And yes. this had, they planned to tell the story at their wedding. Apparently, they're, they're getting married, and she made a full recovery. But it was touch and go for a little while there. Apparently, she isn't too embarrassed. I mean, she could have easily kept the wedgie story to herself, but instead chose to spread it. I hope Sam doesn't feel too badly. She can't possibly be the first person to go on an all-day date who can't sit down the next day. Like, you know, if you were hiking or something strenuous, you know? Ah, yes. shot. You know, you can go on a hike. That can really make make you sore. Ah, yes. Young love and dating. I remember being single and really enjoying the thrill of the chafe. (laughs) <laughs> the thrill of the chase. Apparently, the doctors needed to run some tests and oh, needed to collect a stool sample, urine sample. Chafe. I don't know. They the needed to collect a, a stool sample, a urine sample, and a blood sample. So Sam just handed over her underpants. And finally, I've never heard of a medical procedure where part of the butt cheek has to be cut off. Turns out it's called a labutimi. <laughs> I got nothing. The it's late. The thrill of the chafe. <laughs> That was my life when I was single, I guess. <laughs> thrill of the chase. Yeah, that's all I got. It's all late. Right. I need to go watch Seahawks TV. Seahawks are two and four. For some reason, We'll yes. have five more shows this week for patrons. Become a patron. $5 a month. MitchUnfiltered.com. Again, if for some reason you'd like to be a, a patron and get all this extra content, but for some reason you can't uh, rationalize the $5 a month, mm-hmm. just uh, contact me at MitchUnfiltered.com. Okay? Love it. Episode 163, finally in the books.